Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, football fans. Are you ready? Coming to you live from the cave, this is Straight Football Talk. I am your host, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside of me here is Big D, a.k.a. Dallas Duclo. You want to say something, Big D? Guys, you know what it's about. I'm back. (laughs) I'm back and better than ever. We want to remind everyone that we want you to be a part of the conversation. So please either call 718-508-9883 or... Like our Straight Football Talk page and watch our live video and comment on our live video comment section. Hey guys, this is the last time. It's the last time I'm going to tell you. If you haven't liked my page yet, you're going to get what's coming to you. You're going to get what everybody else is getting today. <laughs> you're going to get one of these. Go! Is that what you want? Yeah. We don't want you to do that. We want you guys to be a part of the conversation. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Before we get started... We want to thank everyone for the love and support. It means a lot to us. Uh, It's with your guys' help that we get noticed. We get out there further and become um, bigger. Wow, having more technical difficulties, Big D. Uh, Hmm. Don't worry about that. Just use your regular internet connection, Ted. I am. That's interesting. I know. Um, Sorry about that, guys. Just one second here. We do apologize for the delay. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Um, Back to what we were talking about. Um, We don't want to leave any teasers here, but a lot of stuff going on for straight football talk. Lots of stuff, right, Big D? We got a lot of stuff. We got some big interviews coming up. Talking to somebody pretty big today. We're talking to Mr. Kendall Gaskin. Kendall Gaskin today. That's right. Not that we can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. but, yes, we got Kendall Gaskin's interview today. We've got a couple of uh, teams we're going to be talking about for their draft recap. We're going to be talking about the uh, New York Giants, Miami Dolphins. We're going to be talking about some NFL buzz. Yeah. Fan, and, and, guys, guys, as always, we're going to be talking a little bit about fantasy football, giving you guys a little bit of inside track on what you need to know about this year's fantasy picks. And, guys, take it from me. I'm a guy that knows how to win a fantasy league or two. Yeah, you, you won last year. I did. I did. And we want to apologize to all the uh, Facebook watchers out there. I know it's getting it's going to be difficult and uh, irritating. Yeah, yeah a little got, bit of a uh, struggle. Every day is going to be a struggle. So um, we'll get her though. So, anyways, back to what I was talking about. Got a lot of stuff coming up for us. Not even just today, man. There's just good stuff brewing for us. We've got more interviews coming up in the upcoming weeks. We've yeah, got we've got a we might be hosting a special event. I mean, we're not going to give away too much with that because we don't know if it's going to happen. We're, we, we think it will because it seems like all parties are interested. Yeah, you know? listen, guys, if you don't know me by now, those of you who watch, you don't know anything about me, let me tell you something. I am all about the money. I'm all about the hustle. The hustle there's baby. one thing that we do here at Straight Football Talk and at Totally Driven Entertainment is we get that paper, baby. Yes, we do. And we are going for the money. We're going for the big time. We've got some big guests coming on the show. We're going to continue to have more big guests coming on the show. If you missed our last interviews, you missed out. You need to go back to our page 
or go on Blog Talk Radio. Or we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, any of our social media. Yep. You can catch our broadcast there if you miss them here. So Absolutely. don't want to miss out. We just interviewed uh, Jeff Reed not not long ago, ago. And, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and we just had the pleasure of interviewing Ron Dixon here yes. recently. So that was a good interview. A like great interview. Yeah, yeah, didn't have to do a whole lot of work. No, he was he was very nice and very talkative. Loved it. So, anyways, Big D, we got a lot to talk about today, we man. Do. We, we need let's to get, get in it. let's get started. Again, that number, 718-508-9883, or like our Straight Football Talk page, and Facebook is just not agreeing with us today. Wow. I'm just not getting that. You need to just – are you on your hotspot? I was on the hotspot now. Go, go where we are. Switch it out. Let's try this again. I don't, I don't know what you got going on there, but it's not working. <laughs> so, and we'll start our NFL buzz as I get this going here, guys. Um, we're going to start the NFL buzz this week with a change in one of t- the team's front offices. Earlier this week, Panthers Oni, Oni, owner Jerry Richardson announced that general manager Dave Gettleman has been fired. The Panthers owner went to say, and I quote, I want to thank Dave for the role that he played in our success over the past four seasons. While the timing of this decision is not ideal, a change is needed, end quote. This decision is shocking, especially with the, with the sense of the timing. <clears throat> As, as the team and all teams prepare for training camp uh, starting tomorrow, um, although some former Panthers players don't mind seeing this happening, let us not forget that Gentleman did work well with head coach Ron Rivera. And as the Panthers GM, the Panthers went to the playoffs um, in Gentleman's first three years, including Super Bowl 50 appearance. And in the four seasons, the Panthers had a record of 40, 23, and 1. Now, this move may be last minute, but the Panthers also saw their president, Danny uh, Morrison, resign, as well as Brandon Bean um, head to the, the Bills earlier this offseason. In the meantime, the Panthers have hired, or rehired, really, Marty Herney to be interim GM, and Herney wasted no time in re- uh, re-signing Tri Turner, who is the offensive guard, to a four-year, $45 million deal, as well as Mike, cutting Michael Orr um, after Orr failed a physical just 10 months after he reported concussion symptoms. The Panthers' training camp preseason and regular season will be something to monitor and see if all of this hinders the franchise or puts them in the right direction. Yeah, I think that is that, Big D. You know, the one thing that I, I find particularly peculiar about the uh, situation over in Carolina is you think Ron would be the first one to go. I mean, he hasn't exactly had a lot of success recently. And I have to, I have to say, it's not for lack of talent. Right. He's had some talent there. I mean, he's got a, he's got a pretty talented quarterback in Cam Newton. I know that there's some people out there that are going to say that, you know, maybe Cam Newton's quote unquote overrated. Right. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but um, he's, he's got talent there to work with. Right. Uh, I know he's in a tough division, but if you look at the way the division has been trending over the last couple of years, the real only rising threat there has been Atlanta. I mean, of course, now we've got the recent rise of Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah. But in the yeah. in previous seasons, Ron's only had to contend really with Atlanta. Yeah. New, yeah. New Orleans has been on a downswing yeah. since. Well, and, and in New Orleans, defense, their passing game has been top five in it some has. category it every has. year. But they've, but they've been just been, they, yeah, they, subpar. They've been, they've been subpar. Uh, since since the Sean Payton uh, ordeal, and a little bit before that, to be honest, subpar really uh, competition. So Ron Rivera 
is the guy that is going to be on the hot seat this season if they do not perform well, I would think. I would think he's on the hot seat as well. Um, Definitely something to monitor. And, again, we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Is it going to be a distraction or is it, you know, or is it just going to be a blip blip on the radar, you know? You know, that's that's definitely a good question. What I would say, though, also is, you know, Ron is is going to have to produce. Yeah, I agree. Um, he is. He's going to have to produce wins this season. It's not going to completely fall on his shoulders, but if they right. don't win this year, if they don't win and go to the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of questions. Right. I, and, again, I completely agree with that. Um, so, <clears throat> moving on from that, stay, but staying in Carolina to continue our NFL buzz, we mentioned it earlier, but Michael Orr has been released by the Carolina Panthers. This move comes after the firing of general manager – Dave Gettleman, and is due to a failed physical. With this move, the Panthers now have freed up $1.69 million on the team's salary cap. The transaction also comes right before the start of his misdemeanor assault trial. Do you, you have anything to add to that, Big D? I mean, with Michael Orr? You know, Michael, there's something i got to tell you. Go! No! I'm not happy with you. Listen, you know, here's here's where I stand. I think we both know where I stand in terms of – I've already shared a link, by the way, on Facebook. Okay. Um, here's where I stand on off-field controversies. You are getting paid the big bucks to perform on the field, mm-hmm. and all that is asked of you is that you conduct yourself responsibly and conduct yourself professionally. Absolutely. Uh, if you're at any other job and you're not <laughs> – you know, these we see these things are probably going to happen, and yet we we continue to see uh, this very disappointing scenario with with players that continue to get in trouble off right. the field. Um, you know, and come on, or I mean, you're getting you get you get into contract negotiations. Now we're seeing guys. It's one thing out of you know off season issues. You know, it tend to be what we've been talking about here recently, but we're in the midst of about to start training camp. Right. We're about to start training camp, and we have guys getting in trouble before the season is about to get underway. This is a this is a critical period of time, which you need to be uh, focused on playbooks, focused on training and getting in shape right. for the season, and here you right. are getting in trouble. Yep. So you get a dough. While some are leaving the Carolina Panthers, others are staying. Tri Turner agrees to a four-year, $45 million extension with the Carolina Panthers, $20.5 million of which is guaranteed. Turner is coming off back-to-back Pro Bowl seasons. The Panthers needed to sure up that O-line, and they definitely did that with Turner's extension. The Panthers will also look to uh, re-sign Andrew Norwell, who is the other offensive guard for the Carolina Panthers, and his contract expires after the end of the season. Big D, you got to pay the big boys the big bucks. You, you, you were right. You have to do that. Listen, guys, I've said it time and time again. And when these offensive linemen start getting paid that big bucks, guys, you're going to owe me one, like millions. Uh, listen, you have to pay the big guys the big money. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's critical to have somebody in front of your quarterback that can keep them off their back. And it's critical to have somebody who can get to the quarterback. And who does that? Big boys. The big boys. And they need the big money to do it. <laughs> speaking of signings, though, speaking of signings, the Arizona Cardinals have re-signed Chris Johnson to a one-year deal worth $1 million with 200000 guaranteed. The 32-year-old running back being signed is purely for depth, and, and it makes sense. 
He knows the roster. He knows what is expected of him. And if David Johnson goes down at all, they will have a serv- serviceable veteran to rely on. Well, I mean, it can't get any worse, though, right? Yeah, I mean, Chris Johnson being your second, third down back, that ain't bad. It's not, it's not ideal, but yeah. it's not bad. <laughs> and, Chris, and Chris Johnson isn't the only veteran looking for work. Anquan Bolden is set to visit the Buffalo Bills on Monday, and boy, do the Bills need some help, guys. The Bills are hurting right now at the wide receiver position with Sammy Watkins being the number one guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sammy Watkins is a talent, but his durability, man, that's questionable. Not to mention that during the offseason, the Bills lost Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin, and Justin Hunter, who may may not have been amazing at their position, but would have helped Tyrod Taylor uh, with that depth. The Bills are now in desperate need of some wide receivers, and Bolden may be getting up there in age, but he did lead the Giants in receiving touchdowns last season, which was eight, and would be an asset to the Bills' offense if he is signed. Would you you like signing Anquan Bolden to the Bills? You know what? I don't dislike the signing. I think it's, it's I think it's a must. It's, it's a need. It's a need. But uh, what I what I would say to that is, because of their need, don't think for a second that Anquan Bolden's agent's not going to say, you know, I'm going to need, need a some, lot of money. Somebody needs some money here, buddy. Uh, so you you've got to hope at this point, if you're the Bills, that you can not only sign Anquan Bolden, but that you can afford him. Right. So, and guess what, Big D. Anquan Bolden isn't the only one getting a workout. The Dallas Cowboys worked out former Jaguars running back Denard Robinson. As of right now, no deal has been made, but that doesn't mean they won't look to sign him. With Ezekiel Elliott looking at some some form of disciplinary action and Darren McFadden being injury prone, this move would make sense. The Cowboys would then rely on, if that was to happen, if Ezekiel Elliott was to have disciplinary action and during that time Darren McFadden was to get hurt, they would rely on Alfred Morris to be the thunder and have Denard Robinson as the lightning. Do you like that combo? Well, I like the combo, but here's the thing. Ezekiel Elliott's got to play first. And judging by what I've been seeing this year, I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure how much playing time he's going to have. He keeps screwing up, right? Yeah. Which we're going to get to that. We right? are. We are going to get to that. And you know what? You know what? Here's a little, here's a little, preemptive, <laughs> here's a little preemptive something for you. Because let me tell you something. I feel no! way about this. And we've got a lot more coming. I mean, we've got a bunch coming up here. By the way, we got some questions of the day from Austin real quick. Thought we ought to, ought to uh, visit them. I've got answers for one of them, but I'm looking forward to seeing Ted's answers. Uh, question of the day for the Dolphins, Ted. Who's the franchise leader in rushing yards? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, um, I know who it is. Is it, a, is, it a, is it Williams? Nope. Second to Larry Songo. Ah. Oh. And he's second only by, like, 200 yards. Oh, my God. I was going to say, I had to be close. He got me. He got me again. And uh, What's the Giants one? The, Do- the Giants one. Who was the starting quarterback before the Eli Manning era started? Oh, my God. I know this one, too. Uh, was it Kerry Collins? Um, I'm about to double-check you, but I think it was. I think I think, I think that feels right. That feels right. Hold on here, guys. He's, he's, he's doing a fact check. Guys, we're doing the, we're doing the uh, – you could just say 2003 uh, New York Giants quarterback. Who is it? Well, it was it, it, it was actually actually not uh, Kerry Collins. It was actually not Kerry Collins. Um, it was Kurt Warner. And then oh. Kerry, Collins, Kerry Collins right before that. He gets me again. Yeah. So I so if Collins was I, right I before Warner. Warner. Okay. Dang man. He got me again. All right, moving on. Big D, you better have them does ready. Them Homer moments better be rocking. 
Oh, boy, Here ready. we go, guys. Since we were talking about the Cowboys, it looks like their players just cannot stay out of trouble. Go ahead and give them a homer for just at the start of it. Listen, Dallas, I'm sick and tired of telling you. Get it together. Go! All right. First off, Ezekiel Elliott is in trouble yet again. He is still being investigated by the NFL due to a domestic violence accusation made by his ex-girlfriend. He is currently appealing a traffic violation for going 100 miles per hour in a 70-mile-per-hour zone and is now being investigated for a bar incident that happened last Sunday. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, <laughs> you, were, you had a breakout season last year. I mean, you were rookie of the year almost, Yeah. right behind Dak. Yeah. And you know what? Now you've got this. Go! You just won a new award. <laughs> the Dell Award. Oh, man, the Homer Award. You won yourself a home. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> Former Cowboys and recently retired Quarterback Tony Romo had this to say about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, quote, I know that he's a good kid. He's just trying to find his way. He's in a position where he always, is always going to be in a spot where people are going to take a photo. They're going to talk about him. We all get these little times in our career where you go, you can go into two different directions. He's figuring it out. Listen here, Romo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. We don't need advice from a guy who dated Jessica Simpson. You know what you get? No! You get one of these. <laughs> Promo goes on. And she to, wore an Eagles jersey, Tony. Come on. <laughs> Promo goes on to say, uh, he's obviously made some choices. He'll reflect uh, back and wish he'd done it a, a little different. But at the same time, just not a whole lot of people are really thrust into the spotlight this soon at that age. Really, even if the nat- in the National Football League, there's only a few of them. I always want to give people a little grace before a little um, little period of time, a little time group. Grace, yeah, end quote, wow. Um, my personal thoughts on it, <laughs> um, I think maturity has a lot to do with it. Um, that is no excuse, of course. Uh, he needs to work on it, and I do believe he will. But I do believe that Tony Romo is right for now. Being, he's being put up on a pedestal. like, he's, like it, it, he, They're making him out to be untouchable. You Not know what so I mean? Not so fast, Ted. Don't Not judge. so fast, Bear. Listen here, all right? He knew – Exactly what he signed up yep. for when he became the Dallas Cowboys running back, just like Dak Prescott knew exactly what he signed up for when he became right. the quarterback. Those right. are two. Not only are they playing for one of the most polarized right. franchises in sports, but they are also playing two of the most polarizing and, and key positions on those on that team. Uh, so they knew from the beginning that they were going to be held to a higher standard oh, yeah. than some of these other players well, around. <clears throat> if you're Ezekiel Elliott. You know better. Um, you get the decom- you get that Dikembe Mutombo finger red. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know, I, I think with Ezekiel Elliott, you've got to you've got to think though what what kind of mindset is getting put in his head because it's not just it's not like he's thinking this. The fans are feeding him this. The team's feeding him this. You know what I mean? Um, he's being put up on a pedestal and he thinks he's untouchable. And quite honestly, it's a slippery slope for behavior like this. I mean. Look at Johnny Manziel. That's a prime example of what happens when you want to party and think you're untouchable, and it's just not—it's not, not going to work let's, out. Let's just let's just cut through this right here, Ted. Uh, I don't think we can put him in the same conversation as Johnny Manziel. Right. Ezekiel Elliott's had a lot more success than Johnny Absolutely. Manziel has. Absolutely. Um, I think where what it really boils down to is a lack of discipline. Where is Jason Garrett in all this? Where? Yeah, I, Jerry I, Jones. I have, to, yeah. I have to wonder if Jason Garrett is going to hold on to his job for too much longer. If the Cowboys can't get a hold on this situation, well, they have had a lot of off the field issues 
And while a lot of people will say, yes, the players are responsible for their own actions, it is a head coach's job to be checking in on his personnel and knowing what they're up to. He is supposed to set a standard for his players. It seems that the Cowboys not only don't have a standard setter, it's like they're lacking veteran leadership. They're lacking lacking that experience. And Jason Garrett, being a former NFL player, should know better and should should be teaching these guys to play, not only play the game, but how to conduct themselves as gentlemen off the field and on the field. Right. And I think that this is a severe failing on his part. So I'm going to be curious to see where Jason Garrett sits by the end of the year, if this continues. Well, I, and, you know, and as for now, Cowboys fans are going to have to write this out with Zeke. They're going to have to write they it are. out. And they need to be ready for when he returns. He's going to return sometime. He, he, is, he is going to um, return. The question is when, but he really does need – this needs to be a wake-up call for him. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I, and I would like to – to say this, and we've said it before on this on this podcast and um, show that you know what type of environment, what type of atmosphere are the Cowboys allowing to be you know ha- to have not, that down this there? This is not a winning culture philosophy. No, this it's is not. not a winning culture. To, to you know, and, and if they're not careful, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants are going to walk all over them, they and they're going to lose their they title. Have, they have a very tough division. Yeah, all all of their opponents have gotten better. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Yeah. There's some. There's a quote. I hope you have it. What's One that? of their division opponents. Oh, JPP? Oh, JPP had yeah. a lot to say about I don't have it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of sort of almost memorized it. It went something <laughs> along the lines of, if we stay healthy this year, we'll go undefeated. Yeah. Well, so JPP, we'll see. You know, yeah. there's a lot of good teams. Um, you know, and again, we, th- we were joking about this earlier, but in all, in all seriousness, the Cowboys, if they don't stop, they may run out of They're going to run out of roster. Cowboys fans, Cowboys fans, you need to go up to the stadium and say, guys, get it together. Get it together because you know what? We want to watch you on Sunday. You know what? You're going to be getting a whole lot of this during the regular season. Go! Is that what you want? I feel like I feel like we should change that from a Homer moment to a Cutler moment. Yeah. I, I, that seems really fitting, doesn't it? You guys just wearing me out. <laughs> wearing, wearing out that button is what they're wearing doing. So moving on with the Cowboys still, huh. we're going to talk about what, what what all these players have done. We're talking about you know all these the Cowboys losing so many guys. So you know whatever. I mean Nolan Carroll DWI, give him a homer. Come on Nolan, what are you doing? What what are you doing? What are you doing? Go! Damian Wilson charged with two felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Listen, Damian, when the police say stop, just stop. <laughs> Go! <laughs> Uh, David Irving, four-game suspension for PEDs. David, didn't you ever hear about Dare? Go! Uh, Dak Prescott accused of using a machine to sign his autographs for, for memorabilia company. Now, dang it, Dak. I can't sell your stuff now. <laughs> Go! And, of course, Randy Gregory was suspended for the entire 2017 season for substance abuse. Let me tell you something, Randy. This is the second time you've been in trouble for something similar to this. You know what you get? You get two. Go! You get back to back. You didn't learn the first. Go! You get a double dip, huh? You get a double dip of the dope. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am tired of this. Oh, my gosh. This it hurts is, me more than it hurts you. This is a good day. Oh, and there's that guy, Jordan Lewis, oh, who, the, who the Cowboys drafted in round three, that is dealing with domestic violence charges as well. And we'll be in court on Monday. So not only do their current players get in trouble, but now they're drafting guys with problems. Jerry, are you trying to tell us something? Are you trying to tell us something? No! You know what? Not only do you get a dough, Jerry Jones, you get a dough. Let's start looking no! at the character. <laughs> you have to wonder. 
if they really will have a full roster this season. You really it's do. It's really not looking like it. <laughs> Good thing Jerry Jones is a multi-millionaire. He's going to need to shell out the money to have a team. <laughs> no kidding. Um, what's the movie with Keanu Reeves? The um, oh my gosh, where that where they come in for football to play for the oh the replacement the replacement we'll one of those in yeah. Kick me on the line. I'm totally can throw me. I'm totally can throw a spiral. Really, that's all you need. We need the, they need the kicker too. That kicker's pretty good. That kicker was great. <laughs> as long as he stays, as long as he stays out of things with the mop, guys, you get a little extra there. So now moving on from the Cowboys, I can't believe we we have to move on from the Cowboys. Gosh, this, I think this guy's going to get a homer too. By the way, I think oh, he is. Really? Malik, Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson? Yes. Really? Defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars has come out and said that the Jaguars will win the Super Bowl next year. Yes, the same Jaguars that only managed to get three wins last season. Now, I do believe they have a talented roster and that they will be tough in the coming years, but they will have a hard enough time winning the AFC South, let alone traveling to Pittsburgh or Foxborough come January. There is a reason – for the Jack to be optimistic, but let's see you guys get your record above 500 before you declare yourself Super Bowl champion. Let me tell you something. Malik Jackson, I got two things for you. The first one's this. Go! You get a dough. And the second one is this. Let me tell you something. You got to win more than three games before you can start coming out talking about Super, Super Bowl. Yeah, for real. I mean, you don't even know who your quarterback's going to be yet. You better calm down. <laughs> I mean, I both sides of the ball now. You know, there, there's, a, there's a reason. There's a good reason why they should be excited. Their defense they're, is a good reason. Yeah, their excited. defense is good. But their offense, we still don't even know who's going to be throwing the ball. Well, you guys planning on running it 400 times a game? Well, again, you know, we, Leonard Fournette, we're waiting to see. He can't play quarterback. Yet. You know, I know he's a rookie too, so we we don't know for sure. And then on top of that, Blake Bortles has got to come. They've got the weapons around him for Blake, him to throw. Blake to. Bortles, maybe, maybe, but. He's got to stay off his back a heck of a lot more than they, he was they on need, there last they, Yep, they, and, they, and they addressed that issue this offseason. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, before, Malik, before you go around saying you're going to be in the Super Bowl, you might want to take a look over the pond a little bit and take a look at what Tennessee's doing because they got a lot closer than you guys Well, did, and again. And they got a lot better. There's some the credit there because he has won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. He has. So, he, again, I guess he knows, but at the same time, you do realize an incredibly the, tough division. That and at the same time, when you go – Two teams from that division went to the playoffs. <clears throat> well, two um, – no, it was only one. What, Texans went, didn't they? Yeah. Tennessee? No. They missed it by a game, right? They, they had the same record, but they didn't. Yeah, but they missed it by a game. Yeah. They, I mean, it's close. But anyways, yeah. um, but when players say that this doesn't affect them, but I, I call fooey because – Oh, yeah. Because when you go from Jacksonville, Florida – to Pittsburgh in January or Foxborough in January, there's a big difference. Well, and we've talked about this before uh, in private, but honestly, it's not only just the change. You know, we're not talking about changing weather. We're talking about changing atmosphere, atmosphere and everything. Uh, it matters. You know, playing a game in Foxborough or or at Heinz Field, yes, is a lot different than playing a game. And no knock on this on the next team I'm about to pick, but it's a lot different than playing down in Tennessee right. or. Or even Houston. Right. Um, even, he was just now starting to get that really big right. fan base. But you're talking about stadiums that not only have a history of, of winning, but a fan of fan bases that are accustomed to winning at home. In and, the snow, in the dead of cold. I mean, it, there's been we've seen games in blizzard-like conditions in the playoffs. Well, and there's a whole other level to it. There's, yes. There's the noise. Yes. There's the intensity. Yes. There's that, uh, there's that fire that guys that have been to the playoffs before have that guys that have not don't understand. They're not yeah. ready for it. And again, with whole the team, well, and whole you know, Milik Jackson may 
understand the playoffs and the Super Bowl, but that entire team doesn't. That's a young team. Well, it, it is a very young team. Do, am I optimistic for the Jaguars' future? I am, especially yeah. if they keep making moves that they've, they've been made, making. Yeah, they, look, they, they look promising. They look promising, but they have not been able to put together a consistent season yep. yet. Uh, it's been a while. It, it's been a long time. What, the last time they even made the playoffs, what, they had Mark Brunel as quarterback? Nope, David Garrard. David Garrard? Yeah. MJD at one time. MJD? It's been a long time. Uh, so, you know, I say wait. I say yeah. wait and see. I, yeah. I say these uh, these uh, off-field proclamations of Super Bowls, we're seeing more and more of these, but, you know, it helps when you are at yeah. one of those teams that's been to that, Super Bowl. That and, you know, how 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 – much more satisfying would it have been if, let's say, this for instance, he wouldn't have said anything, and they won, and they went to the Super Bowl, right? How much? How you know that'd have been a sleeper team, you know what I mean? Well, if he yeah. just kept his mouth shut, now everybody's on alert. You know, oh my God, they're saying I think, Super Bowl. I think honestly, I don't read too much into what Malik says, despite right. giving him a dough. I don't read too much into what he says. I think he's trying to pump up his team, pump his yeah, team up, yeah, I get agree. the fan base excited. Right, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but, I don't, but I don't think uh, we need to be saying Super Bowl. Malik, next time, just say this This is going to be a special year for us. That or just say, you know, we're planning on taking that division title, baby, because yeah. they could. They, 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 have they, a shot. Are, they have a shot to take it. Yes, absolutely. No knock against the Jaguars. They're a very talented, very dangerous team. Moving on. That is it for our NFL Buzz for this week. We want to remind everybody, please be a part of the conversation and call in at 718-508-9883 or like the Straight Football Talk Facebook page and comment in the comment section of our live video. We want to hear from you guys. Catch me on Instagram or I'll catch you outside. How about that? How about that? (laughs) Whether you agree with us or not, we want to hear your opinion. We want to hear your opposing views, agreeing views. You know what? And bring up something we may not have brought up. You know what I mean? There's that happens all the time where I'll sit there and we'll talk about a subject, be done with the show, and I'll go, man, I forgot to say something, Dad. Yeah, we're gonna have some more dose. Oh boy. Oh, we're gonna have some more. We're you gonna, we're say that for the end? Yeah, we'll save them for the end because we're going to have some more, uh, some more fun oh, backs. And oh, boy. They're not good. <laughs> oh, gosh. So let's uh, – let's, um, we got about 10 minutes, so Kendall's supposed to be calling us. <clears throat> so let's move – let's get to the Miami Dolphins draft recap. Oh, you can start with the Miami? Yep. All righty, then. So, um, yeah, because they're, they're, they're the next team up. Okay. That's the order. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So the Miami Dolphins. First pick, Charles Harris, outside linebacker. Missouri, Mizzou. Round one, pick twenty-two. The Miami, uh, excuse me, the Miami Dolphins made the playoffs last year and are looking to keep that going uh, heading into this season. With their first selection, they decided to help bolster their defense. Miami's defensive end rotation is somewhat deep with Cameron Wake, uh, Andre Branch, and William Hayes uh, already on the roster. But don't get me wrong, though, Harris will find playtime. And that, he, he, I mean, he was selected number one overall for a reason, right? Yeah. And, of course, you can never have too many pass rushers. We've said that how many times? Oh, man. Uh, and I like this kid. He's, yeah. got, uh, he's got great motor. Yeah. For being uh, such a big boy. You know, and in 2015, he was able to get uh, 18 and a half uh, tackles for loss and then seven and a half sacks, which led the team and earned him second team all SEC honors. Something else, Ted. Yes. Before we move on, sure. He accumulated not only 18 sacks over his career, but 34 and a half uh, TFLs. TFLs. Yeah. Um, well, in 2016, we saw a slight dip in his production um, as far as uh, TFLs, where he had 12 TFLs. And the sacks, though, he had nine sacks last season, which again gave him second team all SEC That's honors. Cool. Yeah. So good size. He's athletic. He's versatile. 
He can play in a 3-4 or 4-3 scheme, which adds more value to, to himself as a player for oh, the yeah. franchise. Yeah. I like this pick, and I do believe he takes over and becomes a starter for this defense this season. Oh, and by the way, the NFL comparison, Connor Barwin. If the Dolphins just drafted a Connor Barwin, a light player, they are going to love what he's going to do for them. And, you know, something I really like about this kid is his hustle. Oh, uh, yeah. He has five forced fumbles and yep. five pass deflections over his career. So he's jumping a little so bit. He's, he's raising, he's he's raising, raising his arm, getting yep. after quarterbacks. But when he hits ball carriers, that ball pops out. He's letting them know. And you got to love a guy that's going to force fumbles. You love force fumbles, don't I you? I love force fumbles. <laughs> I love those more than I love interceptions. <laughs> what people, you like seeing people lay the wood on them. I, I, like, I like to see people – uh, get after mm-hmm. I like to see people go you after like the, You like the good, big, clean D. I do. Okay. I like it. So, moving on. Next pick. Raekwon McMillan, linebacker out of the Ohio State University. Round two, pick 22. Coming in as a freshman, McMillan impressed people where he started all 15 games. His sophomore year, he had led the Buckeyes with 119 tackles, four TFLs, which gave him um, second team all Big Ten honors. Last year, his junior year, he was able to garnish 102 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. There's your forced fumbles, Big D. Oh, Ted, by the way, you yeah. get a defensive touchdown. Oh, boy. You know how I feel about You love those, too. <laughs> so, which was good enough to give him a second-team All-American and first-team All-Big Ten honors. I would have liked to have seen uh, McMillan stay one more year uh, to develop. You know, uh, you know, this is no knock to him. He's still a great talent. He puts up the numbers. But if, it, if he just gave himself another year to develop, I think he'd be a first-round draft pick for sure. I, I think so, too. And one of the things that I really do like about him, though, is he's got, he's got a lot of hustle. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of yes, hustle. Yes, he does. He's a very disruptive uh, in the passing game as well. He's got, you know, we talk about interceptions. We talk about interception yep. returns for touchdowns. Yep. I like passes that are batted down even more. And this guy has 10 pass deflections. Yep. In addition to that, uh, he's good at – rushing in the gaps to get quarterbacks. Absolutely. I like that in a linebacker. That's a lot of – You know, and, and the thing about McMillan is he may not be a total, like, standout, freak of nature athlete. You know what I mean? He's nothing like that. But he is um, a good scheme player. But he, but he has the good instincts. He's, like you said, good scheme player. Um, he, he is where he needs to be. And, you know, McMillan's joining Kiko Alonso and Lawrence Timmons for, the, for that linebacker core, and it's not bad company you know, to be in. A couple of shows ago we talked about another guy – yeah, uh, who was kind of one of these blue collar players, and this guy has that potential to be a blue collar. Oh yeah, guy. Yeah, and that's what I like about him. You know, and looking at you know with McMillan being in there, <clears throat> so now they've got Kiko Alonso, uh, Lawrence Timmons in the middle, yeah. and then they've got now um, Rayquan McMillan. You know, that's their linebacker core. Somewhere that they're going to have them out somewhere. The yeah. Now on their front seven, including the draft pick we just talked about just a second ago. So now they've got Cameron Wake, Nadamikin Sue. Um, shoot, I just ha- I know their um, defensive tackles here. Oh gosh, it's a Taylor. Yes, uh, Jordan Jordan Phillips is the the next guy. Yeah, so they got Jordan Phillips, and then they'll have Charles Harris, yep. and then they've got the new linebackers we just mentioned: Kiko Alonso, Lawrence Simmons, and Raekwon McMillan. That's looking like a good front seven, right it there. It is looking like a good front seven, and they need that because they are going up against some stout pass attacks. Maybe um, not so much the Bills anymore, <laughs> but the Patriots. Yeah. Well, what about the Jets? Do you think that's a pretty stout passing, passing attack? 
Listen, Ted, we don't talk about the Jets. They don't play anymore. <laughs> that whole team's a homer moment. Listen, the Jets, they don't even play football. We don't talk about them. We'll talk about them next year. Uh, so, yeah, I like the pick with Ray Quan McMillan, not just because I'm a Buckeye fan, but because of the fact that it's a solid pick. You know what I mean? I like this next pick yeah. even more. Uh, absolutely. Cordre Hankersley from Clemson. And let me tell you something, guys. He's a tall corner, 6'1", but here's what I really like about him. He has nine interceptions. Yep and 20 pass deflections, and he has a touchdown. Uh, this guy is a, a heck of an athlete. He's a jumper. Mm-hmm. He's going up against some very physical wide receivers, being in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, and playing at Clemson, he's got big game experience. Absolutely. You know, something you didn't mention was uh, he's 199 pounds. Yep. Um, he's got a 32 and a quarter inch arm length, so he's got long he's arms. Got long arms. So he has the size. He has the length that teams want in a, in a corner. Um you know, to be able to walk down these receivers that are in the NFL. Um, he is disruptive. He uses his size and length and full arm extension. Um, something else, like you said, he has soft hands to snag the catches out of the air. You said nine interceptions. You can also look at the championship game against Virginia Tech where he held Bucky Hodges to one catch Yeah, and was yeah. able to get two interceptions in that one game alone. Yeah. And what I really like about him is that I felt like he was a sneaky pick. I feel like yeah, it feels sneaky, sneaky, doesn't it? It feels like a very sneaky pick. <laughs> I think that Miami saw this and said, yeah, yeah. this this guy right here is, is going to translate well over. And when you are in a division, <laughs> not just a division, when you're in a conference with guys like Mike Wallace and mm-hmm. all these receivers, uh, you know, it, it helps to have a guy that's got not only the height but that aggressive ball-hawking ability, the guy that has the awareness to know where the ball is going to be. Right. This guy keeps the ball in front of him, and that's why I like him. Well, and again, you know, something else to keep in mind with this kid is he ran a 4-4 flat in the He's 40. he got a lot of speed. And uh, so you got that nice combination of size and speed. Um, something he needs to work on. He can be a little inconsistent. Uh, he definitely needs to work on his tackling. Um needs to work on not allowing so much separation on the routes. In other words, there's too much space in between him and the receiver on the route. Yep. And um, no, something else, too, that you're not going to like, you would flip out as a defensive coordinator. Don't you tell me, Mrs. Tackles. N- no. A lot of uh, pass interference. He's got eight. Cordray, <laughs> I just got done praising you. You got pass interference calls. <laughs> no! with you. He won't start right away. We don't do that. But. The coaches will be able to groom him how they want him and could become a quality starter for the Dolphins. I think he will be a quality I think starter. He's, I, think, I think he'll get that discipline playing at this next level. Yeah. They're, a little, they're a, little bit more, uh, a little bit more free with the pass interference sometimes. Okay. Um, we're going to keep going. Um, we got a couple minutes until um, Kendall calls in. So, moving on. Isaac Asiata. Yes. Isaac Asiata, offensive guard out of Utah, round five, pick 20. If his name sounds familiar, it is because his cousin is Matt Asiata, running back for the Minnesota Vikings. He had shared a starting role at the uh, right tackle position in 2013, then started every game uh, since at left guard, though he did have seven games where he started right guard as well back in 2014. Last year, as a senior, he was able to earn second-team all-conference, and as a junior was able to make honorable mention all-pac-12. He has a nice, big-body, girthy frame, standing at 6'3", 323 pounds, and was able to put up 35 bench reps at the combine this year. So he's got the big boy size. He's got the big boy power. And you know what that means? The big bucks. The big bucks are coming. (laughs) Uh, Listen, uh, I really like this pick. 
And if you guys are not familiar with Utah, they actually did have a very good offense, in part because their quarterback had a lot of time to throw, and you know that Asiata had something to do with that. Absolutely. So did uh, Bulls, now with the Broncos. Yes. Uh, and we saw we saw a lot of success. Absolutely. For Utah, you know, that's, that's good news when, this, when this guy was drafted, he wasn't the only one smiling. I believe Jay Ajayi had to be very happy because he's going to help create some big holes for that run game. Uh, another thing to look at is that the Dolphins got him in round five, and he was projected in between rounds three and four. Nice, solid, solid quality pickup. Um, he'll look to start soon. And with him being versatile by playing multiple positions on the offensive line, it only helps him that much more to get a shot somewhere on that offensive yeah, line. Miami's got to be smiling a little bit. Mr. Tannehill, yes. Mr. Tannehill better be smiling. Next guy, Davon Goodcho. Yeah. Defensive tackle, LSU, round five, pick 35. Last year, Devon was able to get 62 tackles, eight and a half tackles for a loss, and six and a half sacks, and did not receive any awards, which I believe had something to do with all the talent in the SEC. We see a lot of guys going to the, you know, yeah. just, oh, my God, so many awards and so many talents going off. But he didn't win any. Uh, that's not to be discouraging, though. If you look at the Dolphins roster, then you know that Devon will be will not be the starter, with the likes of Sue and Jordan Phillips being the top two guys. But the Dolphins did allow 4.84 yards uh, per rush last year, which was second to last in the uh, NFL in 2016. Yeah, and let me tell you a little something about Gacho. Um, oh, I'm gonna call on here then. Uh, let me tell you a little something about Gacho. Yes, he also has two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. Yep. But what I like about him even more is that he has 19 tackles for loss. Right. And in a defense that could not stop the run, you need that. Right. And that, I, That's a depth pick, and I like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And something else is <clears throat> they got a good rotational player in the fifth, right? But this may be considered one of the Dolphins' steals for their draft class. Um, he was projected between rounds two to three, yeah. and they got him in round and, five. And you know what, tell, what this tells me, though, is that it just goes back to what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talent in this draft. Absolutely. This, year. this was a very, very good draft all the way around. You'd be hard-pressed. I mean, we had, we've had some people that were dough moments because they were just off-field issues. And right. Not, right. But we had some real gems in this draft. In this draft. It, well, it seems like it. On it paper. Seems, yeah. On paper. Yeah. On paper, stats-wise, we've had a lot of good players drafted. A lot of good players to talk about, too. We're going to keep going. We're going to, since we're almost done with the Dolphins, we're going to keep going. We do see we have a caller there. Um, we're going to try to get through these last two guys here. Vincent Taylor, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, round six, pick 10. Okay. <laughs> so if you guys didn't notice, the Dolphins decided to go back-to-back picks on defensive tackles. Um, not having a lot of depth on um, – on defensive line, this pick helps with um, with that. Not to mention, like I said before a little bit ago, that this defense allowed 4.84 yards uh, per rush last year, and I think they noticed that. The, the coaching staff noticed that, I'm pretty sure. So them going back-to-back picks here at defensive tackle makes sense. Um, last year, Taylor was able to get 51 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss, and seven and a half sacks, along with two forced fumbles and one fumble recovery, which gave him – First team all-conference. Oh, and let's not forget that he tied the lead with four uh, four blocked kicks. So not only will he be a rotational player for the defensive line, he will be put on special teams and help uh, block those kicks, baby. Nate Jerry? Yeah. Um, So we'll have to get in there. Um, 
One something I want to point out about this guy. He's six three. Yeah. Vincent Taylor is. Did you know that the average height of NFL quarterbacks just happens to be six three? Very interesting. And with this guy's vertical, just imagine how difficult it's going to be to throw over somebody his size from the other side of the ball. Right. Uh, oh, absolutely. So something to keep in mind when we talk about some of these defensive tackles and defensive ends who are, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'3", they have a pretty nice advantage uh, over some of these quarterbacks jumping over safety from Nebraska. Hmm. You're fine, Big D. We'll, I'm fine. We'll take we'll take a look here. Sorry, guys, just checking something out real quick. So, yeah, go ahead. And let's go, let's go ahead and go move on to the next guy real quick. We're gonna move on to Isaiah Ford, the round seven pick. Uh, he was picked two thirty seven overall. From West, nice, nice big big receiver from Virginia Tech, 6'2", 195 pounds. Over his career, he compiled two thousand nine hundred and sixty seven yards receiving. <laughs> and averaged 14 yards per catch. But here's what I like about him. He also had 17 rushes for 84 yards, and he had uh, 24 touchdowns. Yeah, and, you know, so he's a versatile <clears throat> player who can not only run and catch the ball, but right. can carry the ball. So, right, like you said, he's, he's about 6'2", 6'1", 195, 94 pounds, somewhere around there, yeah. almost 200 pounds. Um, he has a 32 and 5 eighths inch arm length. So he's about 33 inches in arm length. So he's a tall guy, um, long arms. He's a little thin, but there's nothing that strength uh, conditioning won't take care of. He, um, his sophomore year, he set a school record with 75 catches for 1,164 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns, which earned him first-team all-conference. He was able to sustain that production in 2016, um, where he had 79 catches for 1,094 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. Need to work on his route running instead of just relying on speed and quickness. Um, Let's see. He will have a hard time finding a starting gig in this wide receiver core behind Jarvis Landry, um, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker. But they selected Ford in the seventh round where he was projected to go uh, in between rounds four to five. With this type of production, talk about a low-risk, high-reward kind of guy. And you know what I like about the Dolphins draft just overall? Yeah. A lot of their picks came in the later rounds. Yeah. Good picks, too. And they, Yeah, and they picked up guys that were supposed to go and earlier. And they didn't have a lot of draft picks to play with. Well, seven or eight, seven, I think. Um, so now we're going to go with the Dolphins draft grade. Uh, before I give that grade, though, guess what? i got to give my synopsis of it. The Dolphins addressed needs that they had, especially on the defensive side of the ball where they used five of their seven draft picks on defensive players. They addressed all three levels of their defense. Three of those uh, defensive picks were on the D line, one of which was projected to go rounds two to three, and they got them in the fifth. you got to love that. Um, with, the, with two picks – being for their offense, one of those picks had to be an O-lineman, and they got one in the fifth round. That should provide great blocking for the run game. And the other offensive pick was their final pick, and it was that wideout. That will look to bring his quality production to special teams and the offensive side of the football. I mean, he's got good production. He's, he, they're going to want to bring that to, to the special teams or their offense. Yeah. <clears throat> when you break down this draft class, they had a plan, and they stuck to that plan, and they got who they needed to stay in order to stay competitive. You know, they've got the likes of uh, New England to worry about. You know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to give them a B plus. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to give them an A minus, only because I think they needed to do a little bit more with that offensive line. Right. Uh, Tannehill, he got knocked down quite a bit. Right. Um, I would have liked to have seen them address their O-line a little bit more, but 
overall, all at this moment, they I'm they happy. did address. I'm it. happy. I'm happy with the defensive picks. I yeah, am. and and they addressed O line. Um, you can't complain a whole lot about this draft class. It's very solid all the way through. They didn't reach um, at all, and a couple times they let some guys just fall to them, and it worked out in their favor. That's why I got to give them an A minus. I mean, it was just smart draft picking. I'm giving them a strong B plus just because I really like Which, the fact that they were able to pick a uh, yeah. a guy that up that was projected to go in the second or third round yeah. in like the fifth round. Yeah, and I mean, so you give them a B plus, I give them an A minus. We're really close there. Yeah, we're really close on yeah. that. Um, again, guys, 718-508-9883. We're going to go ahead and take this phone call here. Hello, caller. This is Teddy the Bear Tate and Big D, Dallas Duclo there. Uh, is this Kendall Gaskins? Yes, this is. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself, man? We're doing great. Sorry to keep you on hold there. Wanted to finish that little uh, part of the show there. It's all good. I know you guys were in the groove. I wasn't going to, uh, you know, ruin that. I just wanted to sit back and enjoy it. Okay. What did you think of it, honestly? Go ahead. What did you think of it? Uh, it was it was pretty good. You know, you guys were breaking down some draft picks and needs and on um, teams and positions, and, you know, you sound very knowledgeable. I didn't really watch the draft too much this year, but, uh, you know, it seems like you guys have that on lock just now. So it was, it was really good. We've got to, man. We've got to pay attention to all the, you know, what's going on, all the happenings, you know. <clears throat> of course. So, Kendall, I'm, if you're ready, man, we're going to go ahead and get this started. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, so let's start, let's let's start this off. What was your experience like going through the draft process? I, with you going undrafted, did that push you harder, and does it still push you harder because teams just look past you? Uh, yeah, you know, I went to a University of Richmond, smaller school. Um, I was right. actually projected to get drafted in the, uh, the fourth, starting in the fourth round. Got a few calls during the draft by Oakland and New York Jets. So, you know, it was a, poss- it was a great possibility for me. But uh, when that didn't happen, it was just like, all right, like, once again, I'm the underdog again, and, and it's fine. So I have no, I have no problem, you know, uh, playing that underdog role and, you know, working my tail off to do what I have to do to show people that I can play at a high level. Absolutely. Um, so you, you mentioned Richmond. Um, so what was it like going from, you know, a small school like Richmond and then making that jump to the, to the NFL? I mean, is, is there, you know, everybody talks about that gap, you know, that, that learning curve. Did you feel that learning curve at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the game's a little faster, you know, because everyone's professionals, you know, everyone's playing at the highest level. But uh, I, I feel like I was, I was prepared coming into the NFL. You know, I, I was I was strong enough, I was fast enough. You know, uh, so I, you know Richmond prepared me because I play with a lot of guys. You know, that I uh, got a chance in the NFL, and some still are. So you know, uh, in our in the CAA, our conference, JMU, William and Mary, we have guys going and uh, to the NFL all the time. So you know, our conference isn't one of the small conferences that you know. That just no one comes out of the players. So you know, we de- I was definitely playing a lot of competition. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so with you being on the Niners, um, that was the 2014 season, correct? Yeah, I played with them from 2014 to 2016. Okay. Um, so, what was your best memory in the NFL? I mean, everybody has one. What was yours? Uh, I had to be in Denver. I was on the kickoff team, and um, I was running down, and uh, I was playing the four, 
and a tight end, I can't remember who it was, he tried to come block me, and I just completely just ran right through him. Then I kept running, and I made the uh, the return or fumble all in the same play. So I was kind of like my, uh, you know, that was like kind of when I really realized that I could be a force, and you know, because a lot of people, a lot of people don't don't see many running backs playing, the, you know, the the positions on special teams that linebackers typically play, and that's what I did because I'm, a, you know, I'm a bigger running back, so you know, to have that effect in not just the offense, but in special teams, is you know, it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely, yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. You know, we talked to uh, Ron Dixon last week, and he got a share with us his um, kickoff returns for touchdowns in the postseason and I just uh-huh. you know I can't imagine how awesome that would feel I mean he, and, and for you to get a fumble you know pick that up and run it back I'd be awesome yeah, um, no <laughs> Big D you said you had a couple questions yeah. we got more for you Mr. Gaskins I got a question for you so what was it like to play for such a storied franchise I mean 49ers they've got a lot of history I mean even the Bills have a lot of history uh, and you played both places. You played at both franchises. So what's that like? What's it like going into a franchise that has such a storied history and such expectations for success? Oh, that's a pretty good question. It, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, the fans have your back through thick and thin. You know, even though they might, you know, be frustrated, they still have your back no matter where you're going around and in uh, the area. Everyone knows who you are. You know, the the front office, you know, you you've got the backing. So it, it it really makes you want to play that much harder because the community is is so tied into the organization and you know it just makes it a family. So when you play with teams like that, you know you see you see you know no matter if you we're winning or losing, the stadium is going to be and it's just a great atmosphere to to be in in that. And you know it's great history. You get to see all the trophies, all the players coming back. You know uh, you know sitting around. So, you know, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many legends I've seen, you know, so it, it's really cool. So I was actually in San Diego last weekend uh, at the Reggie Bush Charity Weekend, and Ronnie Lott was there, and, you know, he remembered me and, and was like, hey, like, let's take a pic. So it's pretty cool, um, you know, to, to see how all those legends just being, you know, being around and, and still caring about the organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I got another question for you. Out of all the teams you've played for, where did you enjoy the most to play, and where would you like to end up playing if you want to continue playing? Uh, well, that's kind of a cheating question because I, pl- I play for the Giants, the Bills, and San Fran. So, you know, I met a lot of friends and had a lot of memories and uh, times at each team, but San Fran was the best because, you know, I stayed there the longest uh, you know, I got to know the city. I got to know the organization. You know, I, I really, you know, got to enjoy that team. But uh, I would, I would love to play play for the Patriots to see, you know, just how Belichick and that whole organization, you know, uh, carries himself because they've been great consistently for years. So to 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 see how that is and to see how you know they run and conduct their team would be amazing. So, you know, I would definitely want to play with the Patriots. And, you know, it doesn't hurt every time the Patriots suit up, they have a chance to, you know, make it to the Super Bowl. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, like, 
you know, you know, Bill Belichick, when you talk about head coaches, you know, you've got Belichick who's on another level, you know, he's on his own level. Um, you know, and I, and I like that you, you're, you're at least honest with us in saying um, the Patriots, because, you know, you get those, what do you call them, PR answers, well, you know. You know, I, you know I, I wanted to ask you sort of a tougher question, Kendall, because, you know, a lot of times we get guys on here, we ask them, a, you know, a question, and they give me sort of the PR answer. I'll play for anybody. I don't care. I just want to showcase my skills. I'm like, yeah. come on. You guys, <laughs> I, I, I know, you know, it's kind of a reach, but I assume that you were a, a fan of the NFL before you became an NFL player. Of course. Of course. I go into that assuming, you know, a lot of these NFL players, if not most of them, were NFL fans before right. they became players. This is one of the reasons why you guys work so hard to get to where you are, right? I mean, right. you didn't work hard to get to where you are to not win championships, right? Of course. So, you know, I think it's just kind of a cheesy answer. When I, I appreciate your candor, your honesty, because I think – a lot of times we get sort of the cheesy answer of, oh, well, I'll play, you know, I'll take any franchise that'll have me. Come on, you don't, you don't mean that. <laughs> you want to play where there's Super Bowls. You want to win a championship. If you're not, I mean, why be in the business, right? Of course. I mean, of course, every like, like I said, like the the, the answer. Of course, you'll play for anybody. But you ask who I, who would I really want to play for? I'm gonna tell you who I want to play for. Hey, I'm gonna go right up in the New England and freeze my behind off. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you want? I mean, I mean, let's be. I mean, yeah, I like that you keep it real, Mister Essence. Because listen, I mean, it's it's about winning, right? Yep. You want to win championships. That's where the money is. That's where, that's where, that's where Hall of Fame is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's, if that's not your goal, then why are you in the league? You know, I hate I hate to be a homeboy in this part right here, but you know, I, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers wouldn't be a bad team for you either, there, Kendall. I hear, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, <I mean, laughs> that's that's so, another that's another one of those franchises that has an amazing history. So that would definitely be cool. Yeah. You know, you I have, have a bunch of signed Le'Veon Bell. So yeah, right. Um, so moving on from that, I mean, you we've talked about good coaches, you know, good teams. Yeah. Um, what was it like playing for Coach Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, of course? So no one's confused there. Um, is he like what you see on TV? And on top of that. What was your favorite moment with uh, Jim Harbaugh? He is amazing. Like, by far, you know, my my favorite coach, one of my favorite coaches I've ever played for. Uh, he brings so much energy, passion, and, you know, knowledge to the game. Uh, you know, you, unfortunately, the timing for the San, for 49ers didn't work out well. But uh, you see what he went, he went to Michigan and, and turned that program around. But what you see is what you get with Coach Harbaugh. He he doesn't care. He's going to be himself, and that, I think that's what why he's really successful. Because you know, uh, he's always himself. And if you don't like him, if you, if you like that or don't, he doesn't care. He's he knows one of he's one of those guys where you know he knows everyone in the world's not going to like you. He's comfortable in his own skin, and he's going to be himself. But you know, I I really enjoyed it when in warmups. You know, Coach Harbaugh. You know, he played quarterback. So in warm-ups, when the quarterbacks were with the receivers and tight ends before the running backs came with us, he was in there giving us handoffs and cleats, going hard, sweating, and and he and he's just like, yeah, I got to get ready for this game too. So it, that was pretty cool to see, you know, a coach really, you know, in the game plan. And he's like taking under center and you know going through all this. 
perfect steps like the quarterbacks are, and he just brings so much energy energy to the game. That's why every time you see one of his teams, you know, they're, they're flying around out there playing for him because, you know, he understands because he's been in the shoes because he was a quarterback at one point. He would show us film of him on the kickoff team as a quarterback. Wow. Yeah, a lot wow. of people didn't know. And, and he, and it, you know, he might have – not might not have made the plays, but he was in there putting his faith in it. So it's pretty when you show when a coach shows you that he's a quarterback on a kickoff team in an NFL live game. Like how can you not play for a guy like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he I, definitely. I, it, it's just amazing. Go, go ahead, Kendall. Yeah. No, I was just saying it, it, it's just amazing. You you see a guy bringing that much energy and passion and love to the game. You know, I'll, I'll play for someone like that every day. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's what matters too. That's what makes a good coach. You know, obviously I don't know what Bill Belichick does with his players, but I'm sure he's not just sitting there. You know, all right, let's just go over the playbook kind of thing. I'm sure he's in their face. I'm sure he's getting them fired up, just like Jim Harbaugh would be. And you know, I love that you tell you're telling us what we see, what we saw on TV is what, what you get. get. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? I would love to play for a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like Belichick would be sort of like a the the Greg Popovich, you know, he's he's kind of quiet <laughs> and doesn't want to give anything to the media. But to the guys, you know, I have a couple of friends that play for uh, Belichick or currently play, and they say he's awesome. But you know, he's he's yeah. very this is this is work. We're here to work. But in that time, you know, he's gonna he has some great personality and they have great you know you know success for that. Absolutely. So I know this this is gonna sound like a dumb question, but. Are you still planning on trying to make an NFL roster? And really, this is the next question. This question after is really what I'm wanting to get at: is what's the plan to make that roster? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I work out every single day. I'm not officially retired. You know, um, I actually had, you know, I, I'll still even play. I'll play for the CFL. So, you know, I'm I'm not one of those guys that's arrogant and won't play in the CFL. No. Um, you know, I, I love the game of football. I work out every day. I, I give, you know, great effort. I even work out in the hottest part of the day in New Jersey and, and when it's thick, I'm filled with humidity. So, you know, I'm out there working. Um, I'm, I'm working hard. My agent's working hard. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I want to still give this thing a shot and hopefully, you know, if I get a call, and when I get a call, you know, I'll be ready for the opportunity because I'm working. Listen, Kendall, if you get a call and I find out about it, we're going to have to have you back on the show for sure. My pleasure. I'll be on the show even, you know, even if it doesn't happen. If you guys want a little insight. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you on anytime, man. Anytime you want to come on, buddy. Listen, uh, we've got a couple more questions here, though. So you did mention no the CFL. You play for them. Uh-huh. Um playing the CFL. Is there, I mean, are you open to the Arena Football League? And, you know, there's there's various leagues you could be playing in. Yeah, there's the European uh, League, you know, stuff like that. Are you open to all of them? Uh, yes, I'm open for all of them. You know, Arena, that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit, uh, I can't do Arena because they don't really use running backs. And I'm I'm more the, the one cut and go downhill running backs, uh, you know, pass, brock, Pass blocker, you know, I like to stick my face in. I'm a, I'm more of a physical guy. I mean, although I still can make you miss, you know, I like my physicality is one of the, my, uh, you know, biggest strengths. But uh, the European league, I was definitely playing that. You know, it's that's a great life experience, not only with football, 
but uh, uh, integrating myself with a different culture, that's amazing. So doing something that I love and getting to travel the world at the same time, you know, that's just an amazing opportunity. So, you know, that's the, that's the same reason I would love to play for the CFL because, you know, you get to see a different type of football. You get to see uh, people in another, another country uh, as passionate about football, you know, as they are in America. So, you know, that's just the opportunity that you, you can't pass up. And a lot of guys, you know, are a little too arrogant because to, to they say that they, they're like, I don't want to lower myself. I don't want to play in the NFL. And, and 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 to be fair, that's fair for them. That's their dreams. But professional football is professional football. Of course, everyone would love to play in the biggest stage. I have, you know, I would love to keep playing there. But if that's the opportunity's not there, you know, why not enjoy uh, playing football, but just you know, in a different you know league or you know country. Right, and you know, a lot of people don't realize there are NFL players or, you know, current or ex-NFL players that have used, like, arena football or CFL as, like, a stepping stone. You know, a big name, Kurt Warner, uh, did that, you know, and a lot of people do not know that. And, you know, it's really an opportunity just to help yourself. So, I mean, even if you were having that setback of not playing in the NFL and having to go to one of these other leagues, you're still going to have film out there for, you know, scouts and other teams to see, you know, what you are what you can offer for a team. Of course, because it, it's – I watch a bunch of uh, CFL games because it's guys I play with in college, and it's also guys that I play with in the NFL that you know they ended up going to the CFL, and you know, and these are some pretty, pretty you know special athletes, and they're you know they're playing well, and I'm watching their films and their games, and you know, and this guy's flying around around out there, and so it's not like, and you know, the guys out there aren't are good because these guys are good, so. Um, it's not like I would be going to a league where it wouldn't be any competition because, no, that's not the case at all. Right. Biggie, you had another question for me? Yeah, so you mentioned that you'd be totally willing to go to the EuroLeague Euro or CFL. Uh, what is it that appeals to you maybe about going the opportunity to go over to Europe? I mean, because they, are, they, they do have very passionate fan bases uh, in Europe across the board for many sports, not just football, but – I mean, what would it be like to play there? Because they are absolutely crazy when it comes to sports in Europe, especially in Germany and France. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, that's amazing because not a lot of people can get a chance to, to travel those places. So if I get a right. chance to be able to play there, experience their culture, see how much – because when you just watch other sports, like you were saying, those fans are crazy. The fans are crying blatantly crying, not trying to hide it, yeah. you know, they're born into it. So it's just, you know, it's amazing to see something that you've never experienced while doing something that you love. So, you know, life is all about experiences and what you can, you know, make out of it, connection. So that would be a great opportunity. But, you know, a lot of people don't look at it like that. So I just have a, you know, that's my, that's my mindset. That's a great opportunity for me. I'm still young, single, with no kids. So why not? Yeah, I can I completely agree with that answer. I really I really like uh how how down to earth about it you are and how open you are to it because you said it but I will say it again. There are a lot of people who view that as sort of a, 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 step, beneath, beneath, yeah, yeah. a step below. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize that the CFL uh, and the Euro League are very competitive. They're very competitive. Yeah. Uh even you know, not just uh in football but in the NBA. Uh they have uh-huh. Euro Leagues and, and leagues over in Asia for that. 
and then uh, and that are some extremely of the, competitive and talented. Some of those top uh, prospects in all the other sports, they're coming to uh, America to play their sports. And so it's not like, you know, yeah. guys getting the job done. So if, if that's the case, then you wouldn't see these guys in those leagues coming to America to play on the NBA teams and things like that. So they definitely yeah. breed athletes out there. Well, and, um, you know, one thing I want to bring up too, Kendall, is obviously you're trying to find a new home for, in the NFL. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, and we've had, a you know, a player on here. I don't know if you remember hearing about uh, Rashawn Sly. Um, he was that guy that st- stood outside of the Philadelphia facility uh, just trying to get his shot at being a Philadelphia Eagle. I don't know if you remember that at, at all. A couple yeah, months. I heard about that. Actually, my friend wrote that article. It was pretty cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's that's even better. Hey, um, we had him on the show uh, about a month, month and a half ago. We're going to have um, a couple athletes next weekend come on our show. Um, Corey Fulton Jr. and uh, Daryl Verges. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, aspiring athletes. You know, I, I don't want you to give away all your secrets of what you do and stuff, but do you have any advice for those guys? I mean, you're trying to look for a place, but, you know, so are these guys, you know, these young bucks here. What advice do you have for those players? Uh, you know, just once you have that confidence in yourself, you have that goal in yourself, don't worry about what all the naysayers say because, you know, it was, it was when I was coming up, it was plenty of guys that said I wasn't fast enough, I wasn't explosive enough. You know, I didn't play against that much competition. I was just bigger than everybody. So there's a lot of guys that, you know, and people that didn't believe in me. So you can't listen to all that hype. You got to be confident in your craft and give what you got because if that's something you want to do, you can go get it. You don't want to live with, you know, saying, oh, you know, when you're older in life, say, ah, I think I should have went a little bit harder than that because you're not going to be able to live with yourself. But if you give it everything you got and you, you work hard and you believe that you can you make it and, and it just doesn't work out, then it's much easier to live that way because you know you did everything you could, but it just, you know, didn't happen for you. But, you know, if you could, if you have that mentality in life, you, you know, you can bounce back if that doesn't happen for you and help you get to wherever you want to go after that. But, you know, that, that's how I look at it. It's all about believing in yourself and having – uh, you know, confidence and, and, and working your tail off because, you know, at the end of the day, that, that's what it's going to take. And especially it's going to take even more for someone, you know, to to that's not in the loop or, don't, you know, that's just trying to get his foot in the door. You know, it's going to take that much more for them to get noticed. So you, you just got to get everything you got. Go, you know, you look up workouts and different, you know, combine events they have for, like, in regional combines and, you know, try to connect, you know. Actually, uh, the, uh, Rashawn, I believe that's what he actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. And, you know, we we talked a little bit, so it was pretty cool. So he's, he's using his connections. He, he's talking to people. So that's a big, big thing. You know, you can't be scared because you can't score if you don't shoot. If you, if you don't try to connect with people and, and meet like all the best people you can, then it, it, it might not work out for you. So you got to be willing to do every little thing. And if someone's willing to camp outside somewhere, that's showing me that they're dedicated. So I think, you know, if they keep along on the same path and, 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 and keep working like they are working, you know, somebody, they're going to get a tryout, you know, or something. Somebody's going to be willing to take them, even if it's not in the NFL. You know, a 
lot of state, a lot of places have people looking around for athletes. So you know, just keep up the hard work. Okay. Um, Big D, you said you had one more question for me. Yeah. Kendall, I got one more question for you, buddy. This is my last question for you. That's fine. If I was an NFL scout right now, and I said, Kendall, what could you bring to my team right now? What would you tell me? And, and Kendall, real quick, before you answer that, we just want to let you know we're being broadcast out of the Philadelphia area. You don't, you never know who's listening. Yeah, that's right. we, we are broadcasting out of Philadelphia, but our reach is much further than that. Yes, absolutely. So if if I were an NFL scout and I came to you and said, Kendall, I'm looking for a running back that can contribute to my organization, what can you give me? What would you say? Well, the first thing is I'm, I'm, you're going to get a hard worker. You're going to get somebody who cares. You're going to get somebody who's unselfish. You know, I, I, I'm not, I know whatever role that is going to be for me, I'm willing to do it. I, I'm a gritty guy. I play with lots of grit. Uh, I'm a, I'm an old school physical. It's all about physical. I love being physical. So playing special teams is really special to me. I was a four-core guy. If I return, I'm playing positions that usually linebackers and tight ends are playing. So, you know, I'm not scared to get my face dirty. I love pass blocking. You know, I love running with, you know, anger. So you know, I'm gonna I'm bring a lot of effort and energy, and I'm that's one of my things. I, it's two things you can control in this world: is your effort and your attitude. And that's one thing that that you like people never have to check about me: my effort and my ego. I don't care if I'm the greatest on the team, and I don't care if I have the smallest role. But whatever role I have, I'm gonna give it my my greatest go. And you know, you're gonna get everything out of it. Uh, that, that's, that's a great. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's an awesome answer. Um, if you guys are out there listening right now. Don't sleep on Kendall Gaskin. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Kendall, before I let you go, um, this this last question is uh, more of a fun question. It's more for straight football talk than anything. Um, we what we've been doing when we interview guys is we've been um, asking for jerseys uh, so we can hang up behind us and and you know really give back to who we've interviewed and say, listen, you guys need to check these guys out. You know, they come on our show. They're great guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, so what we're wanting to know is, would you be willing to give us a jersey so we can uh, hang it up for us? Will you join our Hall of Fame, Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm joining the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to look around and see or, you know, order a jersey and, and send you guys in. That's something definitely we can work on because I'll be, uh, you know, honored for you to hang my jersey up in the wall, the Hall of Fame to say. <laughs> we want you. We want you in our Hall of Fame. We Absolutely. want people to know that you were part of this show because you guys are what it's all about. You mm-hmm. and our audience are what it's all about. This is what we want to do. We want to create a a platform for you guys to talk to your fans, for you guys to get your story out there. So we want you to be part of us uh, forever. So that's why we want to do this. And uh, I've got your I've got your information there, Kendall. So we'll get with you on that. And. Um, Okay. Big D, if you're ready to let him go, I think I'm ready to let him go. You know, he's a busy, busy man. He's yeah, got he stuff is. to do. So, Kendall, good luck to you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Good luck, Kendall. We no appreciate problem. it, man. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Y'all enjoy your day. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now. Awesome, awesome interview with Kendall Gaskin. I loved it. I really did. That was that was a great one. I another another thing out there, all you NFL hopefuls out there. Take these men, take this young man's words to heart. Never, never heard such a down-to-earth interview in my life. Yeah, uh, this guy, do not sleep on him. If you're an NFL scout out there listening to our show, 
go pay Mr. Gaskins a visit. He, take he, a look at his tape. Take, yeah. a look at, take a look at his tape. Go pay him a visit. He's worth a look. Absolutely. Hard-working I mean, guy. And he seems very genuine. And I think uh, nowadays that means a lot more than it used yeah, to. Yeah, it does. You know? um, but right now I think we're going to go to commercial break, Big D. Um, we'll be back here in a little bit, guys. We'll be talking about the New York football Giants draft recap. And, again, if you didn't catch the interview and you just missed it, you just tuned in, we're going to be uploading it on Facebook and on our uh, pages all over social media. You guys will be able to check that interview out, listen to it. Go check out Kendall Gaskins. Thanks, guys. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza, $5 still takes you a long way. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the street? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. And so during the and break- we, yeah, and we are back, guys. 
Yeah. During the break, we talked a little bit about Austin, awesome Austin stats, or fun facts, I should say. And we just found out that Texans running back Dante Foreman got arrested and charged with unlawful carrying of a weapon in weed possession. He then took a voluntary drug test, which came back negative. Uh, so, guys, we just talked to Kendall Gaskins, a guy who couldn't have been more genuine, who could not have been more sturdy of character. Yeah, he had a better, a great character, yeah. Doesn't, running, hard-working workers, horse running back. Here we have a rookie running back who just got drafted. Hasn't played, played a snap. Hasn't played a ball. single snap. All, yet in his NFL career, and he's carrying a weapon illegally, and he's got possession of a legal substance. Yep. And no matter what you guys say, we were just saying it before, no matter what you, your position is on uh, marijuana, whether it's to be legal or not, the league forbids it. Therefore, do not touch it. Guys, you know better than this. You know what, you know what Dante Foreman's going to get? Oh, boy. Dante, you know what you're going to get. Oh, boy. Listen, I'm telling you, you guys just keep forcing my hand today. I don't, I don't know what your, what your deal is with these, but today has not been your day. So you go! go. <laughs> now, come on. You want to continue with these fun facts? No, no, no. We're going to hit, hit the or rest of the draft. Yeah, yeah. We've got to finish the draft recap. Let's go to the draft recap. Um, my God. <laughs> so, next, next team, New York football Giants, baby. Their recap. First selection, Evan Ingram, tight end out of Ole Miss, round one, pick 23. <laughs> So, Ingram moves on from college to the NFL. So, he hangs up his red, white, and blue to put on red, white, and blue. And, guys, guys, (laughs) here's what I really find particularly lovely about this. We've seen the success of one player from Ole Miss at New York. Will we see the success of a second player going from Ole Miss to New York? Would you be referring to Eli Manning? Oh, I would. (laughs) We've seen what Rebels are capable of. Star Wars and the NFL have made it clear that Rebels can be successful. Guys, wow! don't sleep on Evan Ingram. This prospect has had a monster combine. That was great. Um, he ran a 4-4-2. This is a tight end, guys. He's a tight end. He ran a 4-4-2 with a 36-inch vertical, a 6.923 cone drill, and a 4.23 20-yard shuttle. This is a tight end. This is supposed to be a big boy. Yeah. He's moving like this. And he is a big boy, but you know what? Here's what I like about him. This is yak average. Yeah? Give it yards a after catch, baby. 14. 14 yards per catch. That is some high-level efficiency for a tight end. Yes. You know, your tight ends are usually your safety valve guys, guys you throw short passes to, maybe red zone scores. This guy has proven yeah. that he can make big plays. Well, and the thing is with, with uh, Evan Ingram is that – He's really not like a tight end with this size. He's yeah. more like a big wide receiver. He's standing at 6'3", 234 pounds-ish, with 33-and-a-half-inch arm length. And it's not ideal where he lacks his size, but he makes up for it in performance and athleticism and speed. He was a two-time captain, and last year Ingram had 65 receptions for 926 yards, which gave him an average of, like Big D said, 14 yards per catch and eight touchdowns. You add this guy with the wideouts that they have in Big Blue uh, – Odell Beckham, and uh, Brandon Marshall. And you're going to see how this offense is going to become a nightmare for defenses. Yeah. Look, look for Ingram to be moved around for different mismatches uh, in the passing attack. And speaking of passing attacks, Eli has to be excited to have another receiving threat at tight end position. Oh. And we'll look to utilize them. And, like Big D mentioned earlier, it's another Rebel, baby. It's another Rebel. And, you know, guys, you get a Rebel yell out of this. 
You do. You're going to get a rebel yell before bad. the year is over. It's too bad we didn't have that. I'm yeah. going to get I've it got, We've here. got it. So, just, yeah, that that would be good. Right, good references. There. Yeah. So Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes. Defensive next. tackle, second round, pick number 55, big boy out of Alabama. Ted, yes. tell me. <clears throat> you want to talk about reloading. The New York football giants lost one of their focal points on their defensive line when Jonathan Hankins hit free agency and signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Well, like I said, reload, baby. Last year was Tomlin's best statistical – Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's. Tomlinson's – jeez, I'm criminy. So, Tomlinson, we're talking about David Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, best statistical year, getting 62 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks along with one forced fumble. He has yeah. good size, standing at 6'3", 310 pounds. And guess what? He has a 33 and a half uh, – inch arm length. Um, look for him to try to swat down that ball. He will look to start with uh, Damon Harrison mm-hmm. on the inside of the D-line, and I don't see any problem with Tomlinson being able to do that. Something to keep an eye on, as a senior in high school, he tore his ACL, which caused him to register his first year, and when he finally took the field, um, when he finally did get to take the field, he tore his other ACL in 2013. Doesn't bode well for him. No. Since then, he has gradually worked himself into a starting role at Bama during his senior year. Plenty of Bama players have been drafted, and we have seen a lot of them uh, make an impact right away. It's very true, but I believe it will be no different with him making an impact here. The Giants have a ton of money invested in this defense, specifically on the D-line, and they expect big things from them. Uh, I mean, when you have the likes of dealing with Dak and Zeke down in Dallas or Carson Wentz and LeGarrette Blount. LeGarrette Blunt in Philly, and of course Kirk Cousins in Washington, and whatever. (laughs) I mean, and you know whatever running back they decide to use for for Washington. You need to make sure that D line is able to get after the quarterback and be able to stuff that run game. Yeah, I I agree. But this next pick, Ted, this next pick is one that I have a little bit of experience dealing with, Ted. I know, I know this pick. Yeah, I know this pick. Davis Webb, quarterback. Drafted third round, pick number 87, quarterback for Cal. But do you know where he was quarterback before Cal, Ted? Do you know? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. You know who he lost his starting job to, right? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And then he lost, then it, he to lost it to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Listen, yeah. guys, uh, Davis Webb, over his career, he completed 841 out of 1,367 attempts for a 61.5% completion rating. But yep. he threw for 9,852 yards. Yep. 83 touchdowns. He averaged 137.1 passing yards per game. But here's what concerns me. Davis went through a lot of interceptions. He threw 34 interceptions. Well, and, you know, coming off his best year last year where he had 382 completions for out of 620 attempts, which gives you a 61.6 percentage. Something, something, we not, something we would be remiss to mm. not bring up is that Davis Webb has been hurt yeah. a few times. Um Last year he threw for 4,295 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions for a quarterback rating of 135.6. He stands tall in the pocket. He's a rhythm passer, shows poise in the pocket, and when, he, and being, when being blitzed, um, he, just, he just stands there and, you know, is able to find the guy he needs to throw to. That's the, that's the poise we're talking the only, about. The only problem with his poise, though, uh, is that he hasn't been sacked a lot of times. Yeah. Um, he has good size, standing at 6'5", 229 pounds. He needs to work on decision-making. He needs to get rid of some of the bad habits. He's a system guy, and having more than 65% of his attempts coming inside 10 yards. And when he's thrown past 10 yards, 
his accuracy and decision-making becomes true concerns. Five of his interceptions from last year alone is from, was from trying to throw the ball deep and just uh, underthrowing the ball. He will sit behind Eli Manning and Geno Smith, so he will have time to learn and grow and maybe become a starter down the road. But I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this pick. I think, that, I, I think his numbers are inflated because of Texas Tech and California, their systems. Um, he sounds like an Alex Smith guy. He's not, you know, Deacon and Duncan. You know, the thing about Davis um, that concerns me is that he likes to throw the deep ball, and he is not successful right. when he throws it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I can tell you is I have watched a great deal of him of his play, not only when he was at Tech, but when he was at Cal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that you'll notice about Davis Webb is that when he is hurried, he makes very poor decisions. Yeah, he's got to work on it. Uh, and so he is going to be uh, – he's not going to start <clears throat> tomorrow. He's right. not going to start the next day. He's going to need a lot of work. He's going to have to work a lot. Well, and, you know, I, I just mentioned Alex Smith. I think that's the best comparison for him. NFL.com, gave his compa- their comparison for Davis Webb is Brock Osweiler. Ouch. Yeah, which isn't good either. Ooh. So, I mean, come on now. At least he didn't get compared to Jake Cutler. Yeah, I mean – that was Patrick Mahomes who got compared to Jay Cutler. Oh, no, that's sad. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that comparison. Moving on. Next guy. Wayne Goldman, running back, Clemson, round four, pick 34 in that round. Uh, I have said it before, and I'll say it again. The Giants need to have a solid run game, and Goldman can realistically come in and possibly that starting gig. With him having to compete with Paul Perkins and Orleans Darkwa, um, you know, they, there's not much competition there. There's a little bit, but he can he can earn something, that role. Something I want to point out about yep. Goldman that I really like, Ted, 1,000 yards or more rushing each season except for one in his collegiate career. So freshman that's, year? Yeah. yeah, so that's a lot of consistency, and, and it was only because he didn't play as much his freshman year. But every other season, 1,000 yards or more rushing. Right, consistent and delivery. You know, he could be a starter as early as week one. And he averaged over five yards a carry, Ted, just over five. That's what you want out of your running back. Well, last year, uh, well, right now he stands at six foot even, 215 pounds, and was quietly productive on the Tigers' offense, rushing 233 times, 232 times last year yep. for 1,133 yards, averaging 4.9 yards a carry, and had 17 touchdowns. Yes, him having a quiet season may have something to do with him being on the same team as Heisman finalist Deshaun Watson and wide receiver stud Mike Williams. He's a physical downhill runner that isn't afraid to bang or plow into, into or over defenders. Uh, he needs to work on his pass protection, his ball carry vision, um, patience when following his blocks. I want to say this is a guy that you don't want to sleep on, whether it's for fantasy football or just to watch football, you know, just to enjoy the game. Enjoy yeah, just, I mean, watch him come preseason. That's coming up here. Yeah, um, Ted, I'm going to refrain uh, <laughs> from using any of your imagery uh, yeah. from a moment ago because there are so many ways that it can go for it. So I'm just going to dive in because I want to save myself. Next pick, uh, we got uh, some off-field controversy to start. I'm going to give this a double dip of dough, by the way. Get, wait, wait till the wait round, till big round five, pick 167. We've got Avery Moss, defensive end out of Youngstown State. This guy comes in at 6'2", 270 pounds. Now, he only played one year at Youngstown State, uh, and he, as a starter, compiled 59 tackles, 17.5 TFLs, yep. 10.5 sacks, four forced fumbles. Unfortunately, off-the-field issues forced him to transfer. You, you want me to read it so you don't have to? No, I'm going to do it. You got it. You got it. For, forced him to transfer to Youngstown, Youngstown 
after he exposed himself to another student allegedly leading to his dismissal. Now, the thing about this is, here's something to take into account. When he was at Nebraska, he was a two-sport athlete playing both basketball and football, which lends to his versatility um, as a player. While he was at Nebraska, he only compiled 19 solo tackles, 21 assisted, seven TFLs, four and a half sacks, an interception, and one touchdown. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about it time and again. Uh, character issues. Character um, issues. You know, I honestly think this was just him being a dumb college kid. I mean, it's not like, I'm not going to say boys will be boys because that's not what it is. This is this is absolutely bad. I mean, you know, it's not he, he didn't bad. he didn't reveal himself just to a student. It was a female student. It was a female student. You know, if it had been a guy, he, they might have been like, oh, dude, what? You know, but no, this was a female student. You know, this kind of thing, this was a total bonehead decision. This is a bonehead move. And you know what? We do with bonehead moves. This is getting the dope. That, I got Go! What are you doing out there? And one more thing, one more thing, New York. In a draft class where you were really giving it to me really good, you did something like this. You're getting Go! Come on now. You don't like you don't like that one, huh? I don't like this thing. Well, something else to keep in mind is that this is a reach on paper. This is um, definitely a reach. He was projected to go either round seven or to be picked up as a free agent. Um, him up at all, Ted. And and Moss, you know, he was picked up in the round five. That's a total reach. Um, he's a player, though, that is on the rise and could prove to be a great pickup as he was productive at both Nebraska and Youngstown State. Uh, we may may see him become a starter in, a, in you know, the years down the lo- Don't round, road. Don't jinx it. He may become a starter, and hopefully he keeps himself to himself. You know, Avery, if you keep your pants on, you might be able to play some more games. You know, and I just – we've talked about it. I just want to know how that went down. We've, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about this, guys. We've come up with all kinds of scenarios we won't share with you. We just – come on, man. Yeah, really. I just I just don't know how you Let's can Let's just move that. on to Adam Bisnawati. we got a call in here in a minute. But okay. uh, we've got Adam Bisnawati, offensive tackle from Pittsburgh, 6'6", 305 pounds. You know how I feel about offensive linemen who are 6'6", six, six, Ted. Yep. You know how much I like we, it. We also forgot to mention that he's round six, pick 16. Um, but here, here's my synopsis of this pick. Um, get, get the homer ready. Oh. <clears throat> so let me get this straight. You have a need at offensive lineman, and you choose to address that issue in the sixth round. Giants, what have we told you? Go! Get it right, man. In a, in a draft so deep at offensive line. I would say deep. I, there was some, there, there was some good guys. No, there yeah. were some great picks. There were some good picks. You had right. earlier picks to use. You yeah. could have even taken that nice offensive lineman Miami got. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have been bad. Um, so coming into his oh. college career, Adam was a top 20. Um, he was a top 20 offensive tackle recruit. Uh, he's a four-year starter. Like you said, 6'6", 304 pounds. Um, Adam had a nice proportion has a nice proportion proportion frame. Wow, can't talk. Um, he will need to use it. Um, with him having an injury filled history, an injury during each of his first three seasons, I may add, um, yeah. and having athletic limitations, it will cause him to have a difficult time with uh, athletic opponents. If he gets a starting role, he will more than likely be at the right tackle position. But with a sixth round pick, you can't really say you're out a whole lot if it doesn't pan out. But you wait till the sixth round to get a need. Big D, hit him with the double dip. You get the double dough here. Go! And and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you one more time, and I'm telling you why. 
Six rounds, you wasted an offensive lineman. Your quarterback's Eli Manning. Come on, baby. Yeah, he needs some help. He needs a little bit of help, especially when you got JPP out there saying you're going undefeated this season. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. we got to talk about that. So, JPP has come out and said that they – Yeah, so, guys, if you weren't aware, uh, recently Jason Paul, big boy from New York, came out and said that with the talent surrounding him this year, he is confident that his team, should they stay healthy, will go undefeated, 16-0 this year, and that they should potentially be in the Super Bowl contention. Now, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. The Giants, they're a dangerous team this year. They're dangerous. They've got a lot of weapons on offense. Their defense has consistently gotten better and better. Absolutely. I, and if the Cowboys keep it up, they won't have a team, so they'll have to forfeit two so, games this season. So let's look at their schedule. Let, why don't we do this? Let's break this down. Let's do it. JPP says that they're going to go 16-0. Uh, it's at Dallas. Um, that's interesting Last because – Last year they were what? Didn't they win both games? The, if, One they, game? if they didn't win at Dallas, it was very competitive. But yeah. what's interesting to think about is the Cowboys could be looking at players' suspensions. So yeah. it's in that's favorable yeah. game one, very favorable. Then they play the Lions at New York. That's going to be a tough one. That'll be a tough one. But then they go to Philly, play in they, Philly. They typically play well at MetLife, though. MetLife. Isn't that their stadium? Yes, Life. yes. I'm sorry. I thought but you were talking about the Lions. Me... Sorry, that's fourth field. Anyways, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they do play well at home. But then they go to the Eagles. They that's play. always a tough game. That's a very tough game in Philly. I, I can honestly sit here and say I think they lose that game. And that takes away honestly, the 16-0 honestly, right there. Honestly, I, I don't know if they get – out of Tampa Bay with a win. Yeah, and then they play at Tampa after the Eagles. It doesn't get any easier. They get the Chargers next, which, I mean, that West Coast, East Coast thing, that, that's a game that the Giants conceivably should win. Yeah. But then they have to go to mile high, and no one – It's hard. If no one plays particularly great at mile high. And with that defense – Brady. Well, with the Broncos' defense, you're looking at – that's going to be hard. That's going to be a tough game just um, with their defense. And then the Giants play the Seahawks at home – that's going to be a rough one. Then they play the Rams. They should Which win that. Uh, the Niners, they should yeah. win that. The Chiefs, that's up. That's a tough you know, game. Yeah. But then they got Washington on the road. Yep. They, which conceivably you know. they could win, but that has potential to be a shootout then, on that part of the season. Then they've got the Raiders. If Derek Carr's still playing, probably, probably a loss. Yeah. Um, then they play the Cowboys at home. I'm going to give yeah, them the win. I, I give them the win. They always beat the Cowboys in October, in December. Um, and then you've got Eagles again. At MetLife. Eagles so, are always playing good in December, Ted. Yeah, I mean, That's so. I, I think they take the loss there. Yeah, so then the Cardinals uh, at Arizona. Listen, I'm just going to be right out front, Ted. All right? I've already picked my division winner for that conference, and it ain't the Giants, baby. It ain't. It's Philly. Actually, a couple, however many segments ago, you did pick the Giants. You picked the did Giants. I? Mike picked the I, I Cowboys. Think I think I've changed. <laughs> and I've, I've actually seen, picked Philly. I've, I've seen some change here. <laughs> Guys, we've been talking about it. But yeah. honestly, the Giants do have a lot of talent, and don't sleep on them to no, be a competitive team in their division. Absolutely not. Uh, all jokes aside, they they are going to be very competitive this year, and if the Cowboys don't get it together, they're not, they're not going to win very many games as it is. Um, the Giants – could conceivably win the division, but 16 and 0, that's a bit of a reach. That's a, that's, a, that's a total reach. That's, I mean, 16 and 0 is is hard to hard to achieve, and let's lest we forget the year that the Patriots went 16 and 0. They did have you know those four you know those divisional games they where they played basically no one. Right. Uh, so it really helps when your division is trash. Yeah. Uh, and the Giants is certainly not 
No, they're, uh, they're not trash. Their division's not trash. There is a tough division. If JPP believes 16 and up, he's got a tough road ahead of him. The he Giants does. have a tough road ahead of him. Um, Ted, yeah, let's sure. get to these fun facts. Uh, we have to give the grade first. Oh, we you, do? You're getting a little excited today. I am. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> I'm excited today. Um, so the New York Giants draft grade, again, we give our synopsis first, and then we give the grade. Get in there, Ted. With Eli getting closer to retirement, the Giants need to bring him more weapons and bring uh, better protection. They accomplished getting him more weapons in Evan Ingram and Wayne Gallman, but they overlooked getting him some help up front and just drafted one offensive lineman. Uh, and when they did, it was a riddled sixth-round pick, injury riddled, excuse me. They, the guy's injury prone. It was in the sixth round. Like I said earlier, Eli has a couple more years left, and they may have found – their next long-term quarterback in Davis Webb will find out in years to come. But at right now we're looking at Eli, and they did, and they helped bolster their defense with some depth um, picks and 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 maybe a, you know some starters on the defense. Um, overall, this wasn't a horrible draft in all honesty. But the Giants didn't have many picks, and they could have used them a bit better. I would have liked to have seen them get an offensive lineman in the third, um, where there are still plenty of great quality alignment. Uh, still available, and Eli would have loved that to, to have seen some more young, fresh, talented uh, big boys in front of him. You know, this is where I give uh, the New York Giants not only a C plus, but I'm going to give them one of these Giants. Giants. You no! get a dough. You get, you get a dough. Man, you've been throwing those out like crazy. I've been having to throw these out like crazy today, and it just makes me sick. You know, I, you I, had so many. You had so many opportunities to get good offensive linemen. Yep. And your defense was already really good. Yep. I mean, I don't knock you for saying, okay, we got to look to the future on defense. Yep. But not at the expense of an eight, of a quarterback who is starting to get a little older uh, and a guy who needs to be protected from some pretty stout pass rushes. Well, and something else to consider, too, is, you know, I was not a big fan of them reaching for Avery Moss in the fifth when he was projected no. to the seventh or be a free agent. Um, you know, that, to me, especially with the character issues and the maturity, you know, that that, that sort of thing. That's a pick that's, you could have spent on another offensive line. Exactly. That or you could have, like I said, done the offensive line in like the third, went back, and then got your, you know. Probably still could have got both these guys if they would have just drafted. Yeah, them. and, I mean, there were still some decent quarterbacks left on the board later on that, you know, with Davis yeah. Webb, he has character, not character, but some concerns that they're going to have to address. So, I honestly think. They could have done this a little bit better. You gave them a C plus. We're pretty close again. I gave them a B minus. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just, you know, it's nothing against the Giants. It's just, it's, it's everything to do with the fact that you, you just didn't address enough of your needs. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it wasn't horrible, but they could have, they could have done better. Ted, we, we ready? Are you? I think you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Are we ready to do this? Yeah, go for it. All right. So we've already talked about Carolina Panthers uh, GM getting uh, fired. Uh, Washington Redskins president Bruce Allen calls Kirk Cousins Kurt several times in recent years. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. It's now become a meme. Oh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, and Trumaine Johnson were not signed to a long-term deal before Monday's deadline. Guys, right. uh, this is not unexpected about uh, Le'Veon Bell or Kirk Cousins. Honestly, Trumaine well, Johnson, I'm less concerned about. Well, with, with Le'Veon Bell, he um, – he's, he's working on something there well the thing is is they act, what he's getting with that franchise tag which is like around 12 million dollars this yeah. year they actually the Steelers actually offered him more than that a year so he was going to get paid big money but he thinks he's still worth more I so beyond might be worth more than your franchise uh 
moving forward, Pittsburgh Steelers, staying with the Steelers, by the way, offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva yep. might not show up to training camp because of a contract dispute about the exclusive rights tender. Right. Uh, interesting there. Detroit Lions defensive end Armonte Bryant is suspended for the first four games for violating the performance-enhancing drugs policy. Jeez. Guys, not only are you going to get a dough, you get a face palm. Come on. You get Jeez, the face man. palm. You get the dough. Go! What are you doing out there, Armand? <laughs> the Lions need all the help they can get, and this yes, is what they you do. do. Kirk Cousins said he could play on one-year deals for the Redskins for the next 10 years. Huh? Guys, let I mean, me tell you something. If the Redskins don't pony up the dough, Kirk Cousins is playing somewhere else next year. I'm telling you that right now, and he's going to get paid. Uh, Minnesota Vikings special team coach Mike Creeper wants Dalvin Cook to return kicks. I like this idea. That's a good idea. I like it. It, it you know, definitely gets his feet wet, that's for yeah. sure. Carolina Panthers announced Marty Ernie as their interim GM for the season. Yep, I, we talked about that Something with the Panthers knows. earlier. Did you know he was GM there for 10 years? Mm-hmm. I did not. Jacksonville, uh, oh, wait, I skipped one here. We, oh, we already talked about Michael Orr. No need. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars' Dante Fowler was arrested on misdemeanor charges for battery and mischief. Are you kidding me? Him in the dough. Are you kidding me? Why does this have to happen? No! It hurts me to hurt you this way. <laughs> okay. It uh, hurts me. Just, and, again, we, we keep talking about guys, it. But more boathead off, decisions. Off the field you know, issues. Come on. Get it together, people. You're in the NFL. You're getting paid the big boy bucks. Start yep. being a big boy. Absolutely. Okay. Devontae Book says he's ready to battle for the top running back spot. Devontae Booker, Denver. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers rookie running back James Conner leads all rookies in jersey sales. I did see that. And wow. he's number two in jersey sales overall. Really? Yeah. He's, wow. And that's because he was battling cancer before he um, oh, went back to oh. you know, well, run for Pitt. So, yeah. you know. We commend him and uh, yeah. good job Way with him. Go, you know, good job, James Conner. Love Mac signs endorsement deal with Mac Trucks. Well, <laughs> guys, uh, I wish I had it, but it's the return of the Mac. And this year, you don't know the song "Return of the Mac." I do, but you know what we should have had is like a Mac horn truck. Yeah, we should have. Hey, but listen, jokes aside, Mac. Max should have a pretty good year this year again. Yep. Uh, he's been oh, yeah. Impressive. Chicago Bears have finally, finally signed rookie QB Mitchell Trubisky to a deal. Listen, as much as they as much as much they gave away to Trubisky, they should have signed him that night. Yeah. Should have been a steak dinner. Should have been a kiss, a handshake, something. You wait this uh, long to lock up that deal? Yeah, that was, uh, that's a, you know. Good God, wow. man. Okay, <clears throat> Kansas City Chiefs have signed their rookie quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. What are you waiting on? <laughs> the New York Jets signed their first-round player, Jamal Adams, as well. Yeah, well I, mean, you're just, I can understand why you waited on that one. You know, the thing is with, with these teams is they're all they're all holding off. Yeah, you know, and it's are. just, um, in my opinion, you just need to get the deal done. Let's this, get the job is, done. this is what's going to surprise you, Ted. But this next one will. Here are some first-round rookies who have yet to sign with their team. You are not ready for this. Solomon Thomas. Yep. Corey Davis. Yep. Gary and Conley. Yep. And Jabril Peppers. And well, these were all big time top. Oh yeah. And you know the the thing is is there it could be a situation like we saw last year with uh, Joey Bosa and the uh, Saint, uh, the Chargers. Um, the you know the Chargers aren't one to give him so much money. They're not one to guarantee it. He's wanting guaranteed money because he got drafted so high. You know it goes back and forth. And sometimes these 
these deals get drawn out. And, you know, well, I'm just going to I do believe it's going to get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just got to wait and wait for it. Barry Sanders set to be the Detroit Lions brand ambassador. That's cool. Cool. That's very, very cool. nice. Nice tribute to him. Former Patriots player that is currently on the Browns said that Cleveland could have made the playoffs if Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback. Ted, before you say anything, I think we all know what's coming. What are you thinking out there? Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't save you guys. You're Cleveland. This is not a biased situation here. You guys at Cleveland did not have near enough weapons. Think about where what the weapons that Jimmy had over in New England. Well, my first His success rate was definitely reliant on those weapons and an offensive line that was tremendous, playing tremendous football. My my personal opinion is I do believe that um, Jimmy Garoppolo would have had the Cleveland Browns very close to being playoff bound, if not playoff bound, just because they've got a lot of weapons there. They've got a lot of talent on defense. Jimmy Garoppolo is a talent himself. They've been missing a, a you I know premier premier quarterback. They've got the weapons on for their wide receivers. They've got David Njoku now, who's a physical freak on tight end. They've got the running game. They're right there. And here's something scary for you, Ted. Sure. Here's something scary. Baltimore Ravens tackle nose tackle. Brandon Williams believes the defense this year has potential to be like a 2000 defense. No, I don't buy that one second. If, if it is, watch out. No, I don't think it's happening. No, it's not going to happen. The 2000 Ravens defense was way too good. Um, on top of that, you've got guys that are on there that are getting really up there in age. Uh, yeah. Terrell Suggs, first guy that comes to my mind. Um, no, not going to happen. Here's some big news, Ted. Chargers first-round pick Mike Williams could now be out the entire season with a back injury. We, uh, that was I saw that last week, yeah. Williams later denied the report and claims he's fine. Yes, I saw that earlier. Did not, um, uh, did not hear that part. And, uh, you know, it's really unfortunate that this is happening to a rookie like Mike Williams. Obviously wanted to play. Obviously wants to make an impact for the, the team. because you got to look out for himself. That, and you got to look at it like this, too, for the Chargers. They've already got a um, wide receiver in Keenan Allen that's already injury-prone. Now they've got Mike Williams, who's already getting injured. That, is, that doesn't look good. Here's something interesting, Ted. I did not know this, but the Chargers have not had a first-round pick play all 16 games since 2012. Do you know who it was? Oh, since 2012. Yep. Hold on. Let me think. Go ahead and tell me. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, that's actually who and I was that's thinking about. from the past. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Here's here's something. Ike Taylor, according to Ike Taylor, Le'Veon Bell wants to be paid as the number one running back and the, and number, two. the number two wide receiver. I saw that. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because if you look at it, in a lot of the receiving categories, Le'Veon Bell was the number two uh, receiving I mean, uh, option. Le'Veon, if your agent can, can make that happen, you go for it, buddy. You you are due for a payday yep. somewhere somehow. Well, when you look at it, I mean, look at the Damn. look at the Steelers this year with their offensive weapons. The, the four Bs. It's not the three Bs anymore. Yeah. It's four Bs. You've got yeah. uh, Big Ben, Bell. Bell, Brown, and Bryant. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's that's a ton of talent right there. They've got to lock down Le'Veon Bell. Um, I believe they will. I think it happens. Jay Cutler is to call the Chicago Bears opener against the Atlanta Falcons. I saw that. That would be, be kind of interesting. Josh McCown vows to be a dang good bridge quarterback for the New York Jets. Josh, you're going to have to do a lot of work to get somebody to come back. <laughs> O.J. Simpson will be released from prison as early as October 1st. 
The Dallas Cowboys have signed linebacker Justin Durant amidst all the suspensions on defense. Yep. Do you really have a choice? Yep. I saw that the other day, and, I mean, we talked about it. The Dallas Cowboys are looking at losing a lot of players uh, to suspensions, and it only makes sense. They've got to get some guys on there that can make a difference on the defense. They've got to um, get get some guys in there. And maybe, you know, even maybe set a set standard for yeah. other guys. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Eric Dickerson thinks Sean Mannion should start over Jared Goff. Not a lot of confidence in Jared Goff. Wow. Yeah, uh, he was just drafted last week. Last, you know, Eric, uh, draft. Eric uh, you're supposed to have your quarterbacks back, man. Man, that's, that's rough. That's some rough. I'm, I feel for you, Jared. I feel for you. Bruce Arians is now cancer-free. Congratulations, Bruce Arians. Yes. Very uh, happy to hear that the, for you. Again, we mentioned with James Conner. You've got to love it when, you, you know, a good a, story. A, a Cinderella story, you know, yeah. Make, you know, getting the past beating cancer, uh, you know, and still being able to do what he loves to do, it's, it's phenomenal. This sounds like it hurt. David Johnson had to get stitches on his pinky after catching a pass from Carson Palmer. What is Carson Palmer attaching razor blades to the ball now? That or maybe he's taking some PED. Yeah. Adam Pacman Jones will be suspended for the first All game that. of the season. What else is new? When is Adam not suspended? Yep. He's suspended. Hey, you forget he's, something. You get a dough, Adam. You're suspended all the time. I was almost going to leave out the dough just because it's Adam. <laughs> We're used to it now. I'm used to it. Okay. Odell Beckham flies all the way to Texas to keep his promise yep. to a nine-year-old fan yep. that is battling cancer. Not only am I going to give super respect to ODB for this, but let me tell you something. Guys, it is so good to see these NFL guys giving back <laughs> to these fans and, and really connecting with them. This is what it's about. You know, and with that, you and I were talking about it earlier about doing some charity work and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. trying to get a hold of some players to do something like that. You know, to give back to give give back to kids, especially kids. You know what I mean? That that, that look up to these guys as like, like superheroes. Yeah, that's incredible. It, it's huge. It is very huge. And, and I not I I gotta tell you, I cannot applaud o, Odell Beckham enough. You know, I'm not a big fan of ODB, but you know, I gotta tip my hat to him here. It's that's phenomenal. That, that, that is a tremendous thing. Okay, so we've entered a what-if zone with awesome, awesome here. What, what if? if Kirk Cousins gets traded before the end of the season? Ooh. Uh, well, I don't think the Redskins are going to do that. But if he gets traded, I would be curious to see where he lands. Ted, what are your thoughts on where you think Kirk Cousins could potentially land should a trade talk come up? Who, who, who do you think would be willing to trade for some Kirk action? First or Kurt Cousins, as their DM calls them. First off, it's going to depend on what team team's quarterback does well. So, obviously, we're probably going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns maybe being a team. Yep. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be a team. Um, you're going to also be looking at, depending on Blake Bortles, but the Jaguars could be a team. The Jets are going to be a team that could possibly get one of them. Um, Denver would be another team that would possibly want them. Arizona with Carson Palmer getting older. There's a lot of teams. There's going to, he'd have a very big market. Yeah. What if Calvin Johnson comes out of retirement to play for a contender? Not going to happen. Calvin has said that he's finished. I don't think it happens. Well, you know, Marshawn Lynch said he was finished last year. Yeah, but I just don't see it with Calvin. Calvin's taken a lot of hits over the seasons. Marshawn, he's, he was built for this. He was built <laughs> for it, man. Calvin has, Calvin has played and, and, and played and played and played. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, next up, what if Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended for a lengthy amount of time? I think that the Cowboys had better prepare themselves for Ezekiel Elliott to get suspended for a lengthy well, amount of time and the way things are going. Well, and we talked about it earlier. You know, they were, they worked out Denard Robinson. 
And if that was to happen, more than likely uh, your next guy, Darren, Darren McFadden would get hurt, and then they would rely on Alfred Morris to be the Thunder, Denard Robinson to be the Lightning, some kind of combo like that. They may even do it that with Alfred Morris and, um, and Darren McFadden. Yeah. So, you know, they, I think they have a pretty good game plan if Zeke goes down. They're not by any means completely done if Ezekiel right. Elliott suddenly can't but play. It hurts. But it hurts. It hurts a lot, and it's going to be a lot more pressure on Dak if he doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott Absolutely. play. Um, what if the Chargers' first-round pick, Mike Williams, in fact does miss all the 2017 season? Well, I hope that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, I hope not either. But if he does, uh, it doesn't bode well for him career, career-wise. career I mean, it just doesn't. You know, it, and it's not even, you know, Mike Williams. It, it doesn't look good for him career-wise. Career it doesn't look good for the Chargers pick-wise. Yeah, the Chargers overall on, on offense, you know, draft picking, it just doesn't look good at all. And you, you're looking at it, and it's just, man – so, you know, this is a team yeah. that could possibly be a contender for the AFC West, and they're losing one of their key components. Yeah. Ted, this one's going to hit close to home to you. Sure. What if Le'Veon Bell sustains another injury during the season and misses out on proving what he's really worth? Well, if he does that, then guess what? It works out for the Steelers. It then. does. It bodes well for the Steelers. But here's what I say to that, too, Ted. I think Le'Veon Bell already has proven what he's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's proven he's worth a big payday. Well, and the thing is, is he's worth a payday. But he's had suspensions, he's yeah. had injuries, and at the same time where he's good, he needs to realize, look, I need to prove that I can be in a whole 16-game he season. He's going to have to stay healthy, and he's going to have to stay in shape for it to happen. Yep. Um, fantasy 4, Ted. Oh, boy. I don't know what that was. Go ahead. Who would you rather have, Eli Manning or Ryan Tannehill? You get on, to go on, first. On fantasy? Yeah. Um. I'm going to say Eli. Me too. Eli, uh, because I think uh, the Dolphins still have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I just don't I – you know, as much as I don't trust – yeah, I, I don't really trust Eli Manning, but at the same time – I really don't I, trust I don't trust Tannehill at all, and, I, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Tannehill is on a contract here. He's got to prove himself. Otherwise, I believe he's gone if he doesn't do well. Um, you know, you've got – they added Brandon Marshall for the Giants. That's going to help. They've got Evan Ingram now. Um, hopefully they get a run game going for to help protect Eli. I got, but I got to give it to Eli. I got to give it to Eli too. Uh, Eli's got a lot of weapons, and I think he's got more weapons than. No, I wouldn't say more. I would say they're about. I think they're about even. You know, uh, Jarvis Landry's really good. I mean, that would be not Odell Beckham good, but he's he's the number one guy. I think honestly that Eli Manning is just not going to be on his back as much as Tannehill is. He's going to give you more opportunities to score. Well, and with Eli, he's been in the league longer. He's gotten it done before. Tannehill hasn't hasn't gotten gotten it done. Proven. Um, Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry, Ted? ODB. Yeah, I'm going to have to say ODB as well. Jarvis Landry is very good. If you can get him in your fantasy football league, that's, you know, that's a great pickup. But, again, ODB is top three wide receiver. you got to get him. He's, he's good. Evan Ingram or Julius Thomas? Oh, great question. Um, I'm going to take Julius Thomas, Ted. Uh, I'm actually going to take the rookie. I'm going to take a chance for the rookie. Really? Juli- Last time Julius Thomas was relevant was when he was in Denver, Ooh. and that was with Peyton Manning. And – He's been injured a bunch. We don't know what we're getting with Evan Ingram, but I'll take the risk with Evan Ingram. I, I'm going to go with Julius Thomas. I think uh, young quarterback uh, is going to rely a lot more on the safety valve tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his chances. Fun fact here. I don't remember what it was, but I remember reading some sort of, sort of stat. Eli Manning loves throwing to the tight end. He does. And um, Evan, I, I, Evan I, he should get a lot of yeah, I think I think he's going to have a pretty big year. Jay Ajayi or Brandon Marshall, Ted? Uh, Jay Ajayi. Yeah, I gotta say, Ajay. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I trust. Especially if you're going in, especially if you're going to PPR league, guys. Um, 
thing Not there. Ball yeah, he's gonna get you know run. He's gonna be running the ball. He's gonna be catching the ball, getting you the points per reception. If you're in a PPR league and it's between Jay Ajayi and Brandon Marshall, you go with Jay. Dolphins D or Giants D? Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Giants too. They do have JPP. They, they they've got a phenomenal looking. They're they're paper. very stout on paper. I I have to say the Giants. All right, Ted, we're moving into the sleepers. Who are some sleepers for the Dolphins, and who are some sleepers for the Giants, Ted? Sleepers. Well, <clears throat> for the Giants, um, I'm going to say um, – gosh, I have to look up his name. I just uh, – Goldman. Wayne, Wayne Goldman, running back that they just drafted. That's going to be a sleeper. Any running back for the Giants that becomes a, that's the starter, that's one you're going to want to watch out for. Yeah. Um, for the Dolphins, I'm going to have to say, you know what, Ryan Tannehill. And uh, I'll tell you why, because I, we just bashed him. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a contract year. And typically, players perform on a contract year. They, they perform do. a lot better. So this could be the year you may want to, you know, sneakily, you know, don't, make him, don't pick him as your quarterback one. But, you know, you can get him pretty late in the draft, like real late in the draft. Yeah. So to keep that in mind. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and uh, – uh, for the Giants, I think uh, I think I'm gonna drink some of that Evan Ingram Kool-Aid. Evan Ingram Kool-Aid. I think uh, with as many opportunity, you know, with the way that the Giants run their offense, mm-hmm. there's a good chance Evan Ingram is gonna get a lot of catches. He could be so, a sneaky pick. So, well, before you say your Dolphins one, since you picked Julius Thomas over Evan Ingram, is Julius Thomas your sleeper pick for the Dolphins? No, actually. Okay, who is it? Uh, I actually am going to go with. Uh, and you you might say this isn't a sleeper per se, but I I still think he is. I'm gonna go with Jay Johnny. That's definitely not a sleeper. You don't he, think he, it's a sleeper? He's going. I think it is. He's going round two. That's 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 not even close. I I'm still going with it. <laughs> I mean, going with it. I'm going with it as far as you know. You need to draft Jay Johnny, but as far as a sleeper goes, no. Um, Julius Thomas would be another good uh, sleeper, though, in all honesty. He's not bad. No, he's not bad. You, you know, keep an eye on him for the Dolphins. And even Jarvis Landry would not be a bad pickup. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be a Jarvis. sleeper, but he'd be good. Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, another couple good guys there. Yeah, Kenny, Watch out for him. Kenny's good. Um, you know what? What about the Dolphins' defense? You know, we talked about the Giants being yeah, really good, but the Dolphins could be sneaky. Their defense could be very sneaky. And they play the Jets twice a year. They do. So that could be that really could nice. Be a bit, well, we all know what happened, Ted, when I had uh, the Chiefs' defense against the Jets. What you was got that, 35 uh, points. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like <laughs> 35 points, yeah. Well, it's because they had like six fumbles and like four. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was a bad day. Yeah, so if you guys, whenever you do your fantasy league, just remember, if you don't have a defense set, Anybody that's playing the Jets, pick them. <laughs> you know, and something that they don't talk about and people make fun of is they people go out and go after the Seahawks early or the Denver Broncos yeah. defense early. And you know what? You don't have to do that. You don't. You can sit there and look, sit there and go, okay, week one, who are the Browns playing? You know, exactly. oh, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week one, who is the Jets playing? Oh, okay. Don't be scared you know. to dip into that pool with defense. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. It can really pay off. I know it's crazy. 35 points for the Chiefs over yeah. the Jets. You know, nobody could have foreseen that. But right. look, there are some teams in the NFL that struggle offensively, and they struggle mightily. Well, and you don't know, especially when some of these defenses get hot, Yeah, what's going to happen. Right, and I mean, there's going to be a couple defenses in the free agency there is every year where you look and you go, oh, man, that would be good this week. Yeah, you know? they're playing really well right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it may seem not very um, strategic or very reliable, 
Uh, I've had it a couple of times, you know, a couple of cents where, you. Yeah, where you, you're looking and you're like, man, that's some bad defenses. And I look at them, and I forget what team it was, but I, and I said to myself, man, this is going to be a rough week. And they end up giving me like 20 points yeah. that week. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, you know, you just don't know. All right, so here's a fast five, Ted. Ryan Tannehill has quietly improved each season and was having a good year last year before his season-ending injury. Can mm-hmm. he take this next step this upcoming season? I believe so. You know, and, again, I, I picked Eli Manning over Ryan Tannehill for fantasy, but that's just because we don't know. But if you start putting the pieces together and looking at it on paper – Ryan Tannehill could have a pretty big year. It's a contract year. He's got the weapons around him. He's got the run game. He's got the defense to support him. If he does not perform, he is gone. I guarantee yeah. it. If he doesn't have a big year, if the Miami Dolphins are not – I'm going to go as far as to say if the Miami Dolphins aren't in the playoffs or in the hunt, they're going to have to be on the edge of the bubble for yep. him to keep his job. Yep. Uh, next, the Miami Dolphins defense is one of the better ones in the league. Can they compete with Tom Brady and the Patriots? Okay. I'm going to say um, no. I, you know, the defense is really good. There's, I'm not knocking. I'm really not. Um, but Tom Brady is the best in the business. Tom Brady just got new shiny weapons. And they reloaded. Gronk is healthy. Um, then, you know, last year when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have Gronk. What they had was um, Julian Edelman, who they still have, Chris Hogan, who they still have, Danny Amendola, who they still have, um, they had LeGarrette Blunt. He's not there, but they have James White. They have him still. Um, you know, there's they have most of their weapons still. And Tom Brady added, or they added more for Tom they Brady. They and to play with. I, I just, you know, the Dolphins' defense is going to be good, but the Patriots' offense is going to be stellar. Uh, yeah, the, the Patriots just—they're going to overpower them offensively yep. this year. And honestly, you know, as good as the Dolphins' defense is historically, is not been good for the Dolphins playing the Patriots. It's just right. not been a good matchup for them, and it will continue to not be a good matchup for them until Tom Brady retires probably. Or maybe even Bill Belichick. Or maybe Bill Belichick. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a talent himself. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, next, should the Giants be the early favorites to win the NFC East? No. No. Uh, we talked about it already. Yep. We both We both have said. Uh, You've changed. I've changed. I'm buying the Kool-Aid. He, you're, you're sipping on the Eagle Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm, I'm sipping on that Eagle Kool-Aid. I have <laughs> liked the moves that I've seen this, this uh, you know, offseason. And even more than that, here's something that we'd be remiss mentioning, Ted. You know what we haven't heard from Philadelphia? What? Off the field issues, baby. We haven't heard anything. Yeah. It's been pretty quiet. That, it's that been department. pretty quiet over there in the city of brotherly love. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, guys, when you don't hear any news, that means somebody's doing some work. And yeah. You can bet that Carson Wentz and company are oh, hungry and, to be and, you know, in that NFC title pick. And just, look, again, we talk, you know, you talk about them being quiet, no character issues, no off-the-field issues. You know, that's, that says a lot for them. And then on top of that, how much, how, how much talent they've got now. The moves they've yeah. made. And, again, people talked about last year how the, good the Eagles' defense was. They really haven't lost anybody, and they've yeah. added they added Timmy Jernigan to that defensive tackle position, who was playing awesome for the Ravens. Um, look for the Eagles' defense to be scary too. Yeah, they're they're going to be tough. Uh, let's see. Both the Dolphins and Giants made the playoffs last year. Yep. Which team is least likely to return to the postseason? The Dolphins. The least, Dolphins least, least likely. Um, I'm actually going to have to look this one up as least far as. Least likely to go. I, I'm going to say the Dolphins are least likely to go back to the playoffs this year. Um, the AFC, 
overall, just I mean, yes, the Dolphins do have two games against the Jets, but if you look at their schedule, they are still playing the Chiefs, the Titans, the Falcons. Uh, they, they got they've got some tough. They got the Broncos. Um, they've got some tough. Teams. Yeah, they've got some um, tough teams on their schedule. You know, the, both teams have really tough games. I'm going to say the Giants are going to have a tougher time getting back to postseason because of their division. Um, when you look at both each division, the AFC East and the NFC East, okay, yeah. you're looking at the Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys. So that's for the Giants. Yeah, that's four games out of the year that you know could be losses. It very well could be. Then then you're looking at the Dolphins. Well, the Patriots are probably a two two time loss. So then you've got the Bills and the Jets. They can win those easily. They could. So I I, I give it to the I give it to the Dolphins. They are. They are, however, playing teams from both the AFC West mm-hmm. and the NFC South. Yep. And those are going to be tough games. Yeah. So those I mean, going to be hard games. Looking at win. looking at it, the Buccaneers will be tough. At the Chargers could be tough. The Jets is probably a win. The Saints, that's going to be a toss up. It's going to come down to Tane and Hill in the offense. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough Dolphins, one. Dolphins, that's that's lost. And you know what? You know what? I just said it. What it comes down to again for the Dolphins, it's going to come down to Tane and Hill every every single time. Let's see here. The New York Giants will be Super Bowl champions this year if if they beat all of their division opponents, they will be Super Bowl champions. Do what now say that again. The New York Giants will be Super Bowl champions this year if if the Giants can steal games from both the Eagles, Cowboys, and Redskins, the Giants will be in not only good position, they'll clinch home field advantage. And they have historically done well in the playoffs. He said this or is it just Austin, Austin. Okay. Oh, this is answer the question. Okay. So the New York Giants will be Super Bowl champions this year if 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 they beat all of their division opponents, like if they were to, if they were to beat the Cowboys twice, they were to beat the Eagles a couple times twice. Uh, then Redskins. I will. I, I say that they'd be in. They'd be for real for me. They, uh, they'd be. They'd be Super Bowl contenders. Um, I think. I mean, that would that would be nice for them to win. Uh, you know, sweep the they division. Have to prove it. By, um, by winning those divisional games, that's I, coming down. I don't that. think they'd have to sweep the division for me. I think I think they've one got to win the division. Two, they've got to um, stay healthy. JPP's right there. They've got to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, their defense has to show up. You know, we're talking about this on paper. These, you know, these the, the defense has got this defense play. looks good. That they're paid a bunch of money. They've got to perform now. They've got to they've got to prove it. So, again, I just think. Oh man! They have to win their division. They have to win the division to, to to be considered a contender. If, if the Giants win their division this year, it's going to be because Eli Manning is not on his back and the defense is playing the way it's supposed Something to be. Something to consider, though. I don't, you know, when the Giants won the Super Bowls, I don't think they were winners, the division winners. I think they like snuck. They were wild cards. Yeah, but but we also have to consider the fact that when they won their when they went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. their defense. Performed. Yeah. Very. So it comes. So you're you're with me on that. It comes down to defense. It's going to come down to defense. Historically speaking, if we look at the track record, yeah, Eli Manning was great when they went to the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. But you know what really locked it up for them was their defense. Their defense was tremendous. You know, we've talked. People have talked about this before. But you know, if the Giants make the Super Bowl and they and the Steelers make the Super Bowl, so it'd be a battle of the 2004 it quarterbacks. Would, would be a battle of 2004. That'd be a good, that'd be a good Super Bowl. That'd be an interesting game. Yeah, I'd like I, that. I'd have the Steelers winning it, but that'd be an interesting game. Yeah. I, so. I, I don't think. Is that the end, there? Uh, let's see here. Nope. Dolphins questions of the day. Sure. Who is the franchise leader in rushing yards? Did we get to that? Yeah, we did that we one did? already. Okay. 
But go ahead and list it again for people. Okay, so guys, for those of you who don't know, uh, the leading rusher for the Dolphins is Larry Sanka. Yeah, and I happen to say Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams and I was a close second. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Giants question of the day. Who was starting quarterback for the Eli Manning era? Started? Ted answered Kerry Collins. I answered Kerry Collins. It's actually Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner before yep. him. Yeah. And right before Kurt Warner, it Gary was Kerry Collins. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Right there. <laughs> Giants play Giants. Favorite. Uh, favored West and NFC West. No, the Giants play AFC West. Okay. So, so just like the um, you were arguing the Dolphins play in the AFC West. Yeah. The Giants do too, but the Giants also play the NFC West. Yes, they do. But you know what? That's okay because the NFC West, uh, really the two toughest teams in that division are what Arizona and Seattle. And Seattle. Yeah. The other two games, I mean, are those are there are there other are there two other teams in there? There are. Still? There are. Oh, there are. They're oh, okay. struggling a little bit. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize they still play football <laughs> on the West Coast anymore with with in the NFC anyway. Is that the end for his? Guys, is facts? that it? That's all the fun facts. Ted, you got anything else? Well, for so um, what I would like to say is again, thank you for all the love and support you guys have given us. We've been on here for two hours. Um, be sure to like our Facebook page. Get on there. Like Straight Football Talk. We appreciate it. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna branch out further when you do that. Um, be sure to tell your friends. Get get the word out about us. We're trying to do big things again. We're gonna have Corey Felton Jr. on next weekend, uh, along with uh, fellow teammate uh, Daryl Verges. Um, both both are NFL hopefuls. Um, Daryl Verges has actually made a roster and was cut after about five months. So we're gonna listen to their stories and you know get to hear from them on how, what they're gonna be trying to do. Um, to get to make an NFL team. So, again, with that being said, we want to thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties at the beginning with uh, Facebook. We ironed it we got, out. We got it fixed. So, all right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Later. Oh, Ted. Get out of here.